Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, the World Juniors. This is Brad Lambert from Team Finland. I'm Oscar Olesen from Team Sweden. Hey, this is Dylan Grand. Hi, I'm Lane Hudson from the U.S. National Team. Dion Mishak. Fabian Lucell. Cole Perfetti. Hey, it's Jake Sanson. I play for Team USA. Major Junior. Hey, this is Matthew Kachuk of the London Knights. I'm Jonathan Yerudo from the St. John's Sea Dogs. Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. Hey, it's Alex Dabrinkit from the Erie Otters. Gerald Dubois from the Cape Breton Screen Eagles. It's Zachary LaRue from the Halifax Mooseheads. This is John Gunther of the Emerson Oil Kings. NCAA. Hey, this is Noah Hannafin from Boston College. Hey, it's Troy Terry from the Denver Pioneers. Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. This is Brock Faber from the University of Minnesota. It's Dylan Hollis from the Wisconsin Badgers. The NHL Draft. U.S. Lovkovsky from TPS. Hey, this is Kevin Krasinski of the Seattle Thunderbirds. Hey, guys, it's Cutter Goche from the U.S. National Team. Hi, it's Matt Savoy with the Winnipeg Ice. Hey, this is Sarah Manzel from Shaska High School. Nessa Goche, I play for the Quebec Ramparts. This is Ty Nelson from the North Bay Battalion. Hey, it's Dylan James from the Sioux City Musketeers. This is Rieger Lorenz from the Okotoks Oilers. And more. And welcome to the Pipeline Show. And this is the Pipeline Show. The Pipeline Show. Pipeline Show. Pipeline Show. The Pipeline Show. Good weekend and welcome to the Pipeline Show. It is opening weekend across the Canadian Hockey League and in many junior leagues here in North America as well. We're going to get right to it all, but of course, a reminder that the Pipeline Show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. You can pick it up in one of three locations here in the Edmonton area, Spruce Grove, Leduc, or the new location, the kiosk in West Edmonton Mall, or if you're in Western Canada, just go to their website at willhockbeefjerky.com. You can have your order shipped to you anywhere in Western Canada. Lots to get to in this opening segment, so let's dive right in. Of course, it is the start of the CHL regular season. Lots of games on tap. Friday night, you'll see in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Shakutami on the road in Quebec. Drummondville opens up at home against uh, nearby Victoriaville. The Gatineau Olympique on the road to take on the Sherbrooke Phoenix. Shawinigan plays host to the Run Naranda Huskies. Then over, and that's it for the queue right now because Hurricane Fiona moving into the uh, East Coast and obviously wishing the best for everybody out in the Maritimes. And they decided to postpone the opening weekend uh, because of the hurricane. And obviously safety comes first. So uh, stay safe, everybody. In the Ontario Hockey League, uh, starting on Friday, you got the Erie Otters on the road in London to take on the Knights. The Peterborough Peets welcome the Kingston Frontenacs, the Flint Firebirds against the Saginaw Spirit. The Sioux Greyhounds are over in uh, Sudbury to take on the Wolves. Mississauga plays the Guelph Storm. Oh, one other game in the queue that I missed. The BB Armada are hosting Valdor tonight as well. Oh, you know what? I misspoke. The OHL actually doesn't start the regular season. My bad. Still another week to wait for the OHL regular season. Full slate of games in the Western Hockey League. Uh, Calgary plays Swift Current, the Regina Pats, connect with the new-look Moose Jaw Warriors, the Saskatoon Blades against their arch-rival Prince Albert Raiders, Kamloops and Portland connect in a uh, opening weekend game, the Tri-City Americans up in Prince George to play the Cougars, Victoria and Spokane get together, the Seattle Thunderbirds are in Vancouver, and right here in Edmonton, the Oil Kings will raise a championship banner to the rafters as they host the Red Deer Rebels in the first of a home-at-home Busy weekend in the Canadian Hockey League. The CHL's uh, top 10 was released. 
the preseason top 10. And I know you got to take these with a grain of salt, but sort of this is what early thinking is for uh, some people. Uh, the Winnipeg Ice, the number one ranked team in the CHL with the Quebec Rampart, number two. Seattle is three. They would be my pick. The Guelph Storm are number four. Kamloops, five. The Gatineau Olympique are six. The Flint Firebirds are ranked number seven. In the eighth spot are the Mississauga Steelheads, followed by Sherbrooke in nine. And the Moose Jaw Warriors round out the top ten. The CHL top prospect game has been uh, announced. It will be January 25th. And it'll be the Vancouver Giants who are hosting the uh, top prospect game this year. Of course, the Memorial Cup is in the WHL, so that usually is the league that will host the top prospect game as well. And that will be played not in Vancouver itself, but where the Giants actually play in Langley, B.C., not that far out of uh, Vancouver. And one other note for the CHL is uh, the broadcast schedule for TSN TV has been released at least from the start of the season till the end of uh, 2022. The uh, first game will be this evening, as the Moncton Wildcats are in Cape Breton to take on the Eagles. Next week, when the Regina Pats are here in Edmonton, that game will also be on TSN. You can see the uh, full broadcast schedule at chl.ca. Now, it's not opening weekend in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, as that league has been going for, well, a one weekend already. Uh, and no surprise, the Brooks Bandits are 3-0 and and have the top record in the AJHL, but they're tied with the team, and this one is a bit of a surprise. It's the Lloyd Bobcats, who are also 3-0. and Great start for the uh, Bobcats this year. Also worth noting that uh, there is another undefeated team, and that's the Olds Grizzlies, which is also a bit of a surprise, considering they're coming off a dreadful season. Now, it's very early. Let's, not, uh, let's pump the brakes on getting too excited. Uh, Olds is 2-0 and and Lloydminster is 3-0. and There's still, you know, 55, 57 games still to play. The BCHL does get going this weekend. A number of games on tap tonight, including Nanaimo on the road to start against the Powell River Kings. Coquitlam at home against Prince George. Cowichan Valley will host West Kelowna. Wenatchee on the road there in Surrey, B.C. Victoria plays host to Albert E. Valley. Trail is in Penticton to take on the V's. At Cranbrook, will travel to Merritt. Salmon Arm welcomes the Vernon Vipers, and uh, Chilliwack is in Langley. All of those games are going tonight. Now, the USHL started yesterday. They are in uh, Pittsburgh for the Fall Classic. The USHL's website got a facelift, but it is still uh, far from uh, ideal from a user perspective. But I can tell you that yesterday, Green Bay doubled up Sioux City, so the defending champs lose their uh, season opener. The Lincoln Stars, 4-1 winners over Cedar Rapids. Muskegon had ticked down the Sioux Falls Stampede by a score of 7-4. Chicago gets off to a good start. 3-1 winners against the Fargo Force. And the Tri-City Storm dumped Madison by a score of 4-1. The North American Hockey League's uh, been underway for a little bit now. And top scorer in the null is off to a terrific start. Hunter Jones is his name. He's got 10 points through four games playing for Oklahoma who are a perfect 4-0 to begin the season, as are their uh, South Division rivals, the Amarillo Wranglers. The team with the uh, most points so far are the Maryland Black Bears, but they've played more games than everybody else. But they are 5-1. and one. few undefeated teams other than Amarillo and Oklahoma. That would be the Austin Bruins in the Central Division, who are 4-0 to begin the year as well. Only one team uh, yet to get a point, and that would be the New Jersey Titans, who begin the year 0-6. And we're about 10 days away from the start of the NCAA season, starting to see some of the um, projected 
preseason favorites and things like that for uh, their respective leagues. I always, always uh, wonder about the the preseason rankings, like the preseason All Big Ten first team. Just so you know, Mackie Samuskevich from Michigan, Matthew Nyes from Minnesota, Landon Slaggett from uh, uh, Notre Dame, Luke Hughes from Michigan, Brock Faber from Minnesota, and Eric Portillo, a goaltender for Michigan. They're named to the uh, preseason All Big Ten first team. They haven't done anything. Uh, basically, all you're saying is you expect these guys to have a good year. And I guess that's that's good for fans to, to sort of uh, have an awareness of who to watch for and things like that. It just seems like you're setting these guys up for... I mean, what if a guy has an injury or he just has a bad year? Then at the end of the season, if one of these guys that I just named isn't on the postseason first-team All-Star team, is it a failure? I don't know. It just seems weird to nominate these guys or elect them at the start of the year that they're the best in the division or in the conference. I don't know. I'm probably overthinking it. I'll give you the preseason uh, top 10, though, for the NCAA and... uh, not really a surprise. The defending champs are ranked number one. That would be Denver, followed by Minnesota and Minnesota State. North Dakota comes in at number five. Then you've got uh, the Duluth Bulldogs, Michigan, Quinnipiac, Northeastern, Notre Dame, and number 10 is Massachusetts. Now, we haven't seen a game yet. It's a preseason poll, so much like the CHL preseason uh, top 10, take it with a rather large grain of salt. All my guests will join me courtesy the Troubled Monk hotline. Go to troubledmonk.com. You can place your order online. You can pick up at the Tap Room in Red Deer or at the Farmer's Market in Calgary or the Farmer's Market in Edmonton. Or you can go to your local liquor store, and if uh, they don't have it in stock, demand it because anywhere in Alberta, it is available to any Alberta liquor store. And if I went through the news quick, it's because we got a big show as it's WHL Central Division Preview this week. Which means, yes, six guests once again. Here, who is uh, coming down the pipe today? We will begin with the Swift Current Broncos. Devin Pratt, he's the head coach of the Broncos. He's going to lead things off. From there, we'll go over to uh, Lethbridge. Peter Anholt, the general manager of the Lethbridge Hurricanes. He's my guest to uh, talk about the Canes this year. Followed by Kurt Hill of the now defending champion Edmonton Oil Kings. Very much a uh, revamped roster. Half the team different. Uh, from a year ago. Uh, From Edmonton, we go down to Calgary to uh, connect with Jeff Chenault, the general manager of the uh, Calgary Hitmen. And we'll close things out with a conversation with Willie Desjardins from the Medicine Tigers and Steve Konowalchuk, the head coach of the Red Deer Rebels. Uh, That is a full show, so let's waste no more time and get right to it. And uh, leading things off, he's the head coach of the Swift Current Broncos, that's Devin Pratt. He's up first here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Up down to DeBrus, gains a Tiger line, shoots, scored! Jake DeBrus does it again in overtime! Hey, it's Jake DeBrus of the Swift Current Broncos, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Since 1965, Wilhawk Beef Jerky has provided fresh, top-quality beef jerky made with 100% Alberta beef. From your very first bite, you'll understand that real jerky isn't found at the convenience store. It's tender, full of flavor, with just a hint of subtle spices. Wilhawk's jerky is aged, seasoned, and marinated to lock in the flavors, and then smoked to perfection. 
Wilhock Beef Jerky. It might just be the best you've ever tasted. Try for yourself. Search W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Yo, stop your grinning and drop your linen. Hey, we're back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming after a week off, and now we get to the WHL Central Division, and our first stop on the tour is going to be in Swift Current. But first, a reminder of the program brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. W-I-L-H-A-U-K beefjerky.com. All right, we go to uh, Swift Current, and uh, pleased to be joined by the head coach of the Broncos. That would be Devin Pratt. Well, Devin, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Hey, Guy. Doing great here. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you making the time like this. A busy week. Got opening weekend uh, coming up here, and I know uh, probably still putting finishing touches on the roster, waiting for guys to come back from NHL camps. It must be an exciting time, though. Yeah, it is, certainly. Um, there's lots of balls in the air and lots of moving pieces, but uh, as a group, we're just focused on what we have here and preparing for opening day. So coming through camp, this is always a little bit of a nicer time of year where things can slow down and you get away from the, the full day in the rink evaluations and mm-hmm. back to more of your usual schedule. So uh, there's lots of excitement uh, in the community and around the rink, and we're really looking forward to getting going here. All right. Well, before we look ahead to this coming year, uh, let's reflect back on who's not back from last year's roster that ended the season with you. Of course, everybody loses their uh, overage players. I know last year, I think you had five uh, 01s that played for you at some point, but uh, no Cole Nagy, no Aiden Bullich, uh, as well as uh, on the back end, uh, Ryland Thiessen, uh, Eric Van Imp, uh, and uh, of course, goaltender Isaac Poulter. Uh, but your team has uh, made some pretty big changes and uh, brought in some key guys. First off, who else from last year's roster, other than the overage players, is not back with you this year? Yeah, um, our import, Alexi Shinarin, is staying home playing in Russia this year. And then uh, Carter Stebbings, I believe, will be playing up at the U of S. Um, so he was just in a scenario where he was uh, in camp and trying out for one of our 20-year-old spots and uh, has landed on his feet up there. All right, well, let's start with, uh, I guess, uh, one of the big off-season acquisitions as we uh, get right to the goaltending spot. And you got a pretty good one-two punch uh, between the pipes. Uh, Reed Dick back for year two, but you also bring in veteran uh, Gage Alexander. Both guys drafted. Uh, you you got to feel pretty confident and, and uh, good about your goaltending spot right now. Yeah, yeah, we definitely do. Um, it's a scenario where we feel it's a strength uh, with both guys, and both guys give us a good opportunity to have success night in and night out. Uh, Gage has done a great job since he's come to town and becoming a Bronco and just acclimating himself with the team. Um, both guys are just great individuals. We're really excited about the future with Reed as well, and uh, we think that this is a nice progressive step forward. Uh, both guys are big. How are they different goaltenders? Yeah, you know what? Um, I think they're unique in ways. Uh, Reed is uh, very athletic. Um, he, he He's very mobile and athletic. And I think Gage relies on his size a bit more um, and can get into the shot blocking. But uh, surprisingly, just seeing him through camp, uh, he's quite athletic as well. And I think it's one of those scenarios where they'll be able to, you know, think, pair, and share almost. Like they, they're, they're similar size. They're going to play a similar style. And uh, they can talk about the nuances of being a big guy and how, you know, they have to go about making those saves in the crease and playing the rebounds and, and such like that. So we're really excited. I think, uh, you know, Reed's going to benefit from that relationship uh, as much as Gage will. It's, uh, not every team in the league has two NHL-drafted goaltenders. Uh, Prince George is in the same boat, and I asked this question of Mark Lamb. How do you satisfy or, or please the NHL clubs that hold the rights to these guys? Because I'm sure... 
both Anaheim and Boston would love their guy to play 50 games, but they can't do that. So how do you balance that? Yeah, um, yeah, it's a unique situation for sure. I mean, uh, it's a scenario, like I said, where we have confidence in both guys, and I'm sure throughout the year each of them will have their opportunities where they're making back-to-back starts or multiple starts in a row from performances. But um, that's another thing I think that Gage brings to the table coming from Winnipeg and sharing the net with Hauser last year um, and splitting their games quite quite well. So you look at, uh, you know, recent champions in, in the NHL level and they're like, uh, you never know when you're going to have an injury in the net. And uh, a lot of times there's someone that hops in and has to do a job. Even uh, Colorado just last year to win a series, they had to have their, their number two and uh, come in the net and do a job. And that's where we're going to feel some confidence that uh, both guys will give us that opportunity. And uh, it's just about the daily environment, um, you know, the, the development that goes on through practice, the commitment they can have to their on and off ice habits. So, um, we think it's something that we'll be able to manage here and satisfy both guys. Devin Pratt, head coach of the Swift Current Broncos, my guest here on the Pipeline Show as we uh, continue our team-by-team previews. This week it's the WHL Central Division, uh, and the only team in the division that's not in Alberta are the Broncos, and that's where we're starting. Uh, let's go to the blue line, and uh, just looking at the uh, WHL's roster sheet right now, uh, I can't tell how many guys you still have in camp, but you're returning a lot of players, and I I would have to think that continuity from one year to the next is a, is a big plus for your club. Yeah, for sure. I think that along with the familiarity now of myself being in this role as the head coach and the, the daily expectations and the practice habits and uh, the little things that I look for as a coach as well, uh, just, just really has a foundation to it now coming out of last year. And uh, our veteran skates here throughout rookie camp were excellent, uh, getting the guys back on the ice and then into main camp. Uh, guys have uh, hit the ground running as a group, so really excited. Um, we are returning six defensemen on the back end, and um, we have some guys in there that uh, that have come in and done a job, and, and some young guys with some talent as well. So uh, we're currently sitting at AD, and uh, each of them has done a great job. Owen Pickering, the the marquee name on your on your blue line, but uh, it's a a well rounded defensive core. Uh, maybe start with Pickering though, and uh, tell me how he how he looks different from maybe this time last year. Yeah, you know what, uh, it's. Uh, it's exponential growth, you know. The when a when a player of his caliber, um, you know, has the opportunity to develop like he had this summer, from going to his development camp to the World Junior Camp, and uh, he looked excellent here in the fall. Um, you know, he just he, he's rounded out his game very well. He's added some physical strength. His shot has improved immensely, um, and he's always had such a great head for the game and a skill set and mobility along with his size. So. Really excited about the year ahead of him here. You had uh, five guys drafted uh, here in 2022. Uh, and I imagine, I mean, you were a young team last year, but having gone through that experience for all these guys, uh, suddenly you got a lot of leaders probably on your team. Yeah, no question. I think that's an exciting part of things here uh, as we get going and guys start returning from camps and uh, just the little things that they're going to be able to pick up and the lessons that they're going to be able to share of their experience and, and going through that process of the draft, the combine, um, the summer, the development camp, the investment um, that there is. And, uh, you know, last year we had Sam Ginley went off to an NHL camp and this year we sent off seven guys. So uh, we increased that kind of sharing sevenfold and we're really excited about the impact that will have on our dressing room. All right. And McGinley, a guy that uh, you mentioned, uh, also one of your offensive leaders from the blue line. Now, not 
necessarily he's not putting up 50 points or anything like that, at least not yet. Uh, but do you, is there some untapped potential there in terms of his offense now with another year under his belt and going into a 20-year-old season? For sure. Um, you know, Sam's a guy that plays in all rules and situations for us, and I think he really developed some poise in the back end, especially on the power play coming later into to last season. And, um, you know, I think he was really satisfied with where his game was at, so we're excited about him taking off from that point. Um, just a well-rounded defenseman. Uh, he had an assignment a lot of nights to defend the other team's top line, and uh, he does an admirable, admirable job with that. And um, a good teammate, a good guy in the room, and, and a veteran on the back end, which is important to us. Coach, every team loses their overage guys from one year to the next, and more often than not, those overage players are leaders on the team uh, in the dressing room, but also offensively. Uh, for you guys, you only lose uh, one of your uh, top eight scorers from last year. Uh, so you got a lot of your key offensive guys coming back, and mention a bunch of them were just drafted. Uh, but uh, having those guys now with another year under their belt and coming in, I mean, you're one of the lowest scoring teams in the league last year. I think you're 19th uh, or 20th uh, overall in terms of goals for, but that's got to change this year, doesn't it? Yeah, I think we, we would hope it would. Um, you know, when we look at and dive into how we scored our goals last year. We're a very transitional team. We scored a lot of goals off the brush, a lot of odd man opportunities and breakaways, and then sprinkle in the power play and special teams. And um, you look at the teams that had success and how they're able to manage pucks in the ozone and make you play hard minutes. Um, so that's an area of growth that we want to see from our guys is creating more offense from sustained time in the in the offensive zone. So um, that, that comes with some maturity, strength on pucks, um, you know, working together as a unit and having a plan as well. And uh, we feel that we have a strong foundation there that uh, we could uh, see some growth in that area, no question. Are you down to your three 20-year-olds now, or do you uh, have a decision to make? Uh, we still have four uh, at camp here in-house. We brought uh, Landon Roberts in as an invite, and uh, Landon's a great dressing room presence, and he's uh, done an excellent job for us. So returning with Sam McGinley and Raphael Pelche and then making the trade for Cage Alexander, um, we, we do have a decision to make here, but we have uh, a couple weeks ahead of us to make that decision, and uh, each guy has done a great job. All right, very good. Uh, I mentioned some of the drafted guys, uh, Josh Philman, Josh Davies, Connor Hvitson up, up front, and, and then uh, Alexander, or excuse me, uh, uh, Reed Dick and, uh, and Owen Pickering. Uh, on the uh, between the pipes and on the blue line, but uh, your leading scorer last year, Matthew Ward, didn't get drafted. I was surprised by that, and uh, I'm sure there are 21 other teams in the league where, that were hoping an NHL team would draft this guy. You don't need him to be extra motivated when you're facing off against him, but he's going to come into this year with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, isn't he? Oh, it certainly is. Um, you know, Matt is a committed young man who who wants to be a player. Um, he's driven. He's focused. Uh, I think it was. One of those scenarios where uh, this might be some of the first adversity he's dealt with in the game, and I love the way he's responded. You know, some of the feedback was about physical strength and, and getting some separation speed, and, you know, he's put on 50 to 15 to 20 pounds of muscle, and uh, we've seen that extra step in, in preseason here as well. So I think that's just a testament to his commitment, and um, I know I'm a firm believer in him. Um, he's got a, a dressing room full of guys that believe in him as well. Um, and we're really excited to see uh, how things go for him here this year. He just always seems to be involved in the play. Where, wherever something is happening on the ice, he's in the thick of it, and including after the whistles. And I wonder, as the coach, do you, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he plays that feisty, in-your-face kind of game. He's he's a pest out there as well that can produce for you. 
do you have to rein him in a little bit, or do you want him to play that game? Oh, I think it's, it goes hand in hand a little bit. I think there's times where we have to know the line and not cross it. And uh, on the other hand, for Matt, uh, it's a part of his game. He, he doesn't take any shortcuts. He's physically engaged. He's involved. And uh, it's when one of your smaller guys, stature-wise, is always physically engaged, it kind of gives you the green light as a coach to hold other guys accountable to get engaged as well. Um, and Matt's a great leader in that regard. And um, Yeah, I think as a group, some of our maturity uh, has to come from, you know, understanding the line where it is and, and when that benefits us and when it doesn't. And it seemed a little bit last year, it was probably a little bit too frequent uh, throughout the year at times that we were stirring things up, but uh, we were a group that was motivated last year. We had a chip on our shoulder and we were kind of pounded out from day one and we had a motive to try and prove people wrong as a group and then get into the playoffs. And unfortunately, you know, coming up two points short, we, we didn't accomplish that goal, but it's left a little bit of a void uh, where we've been motivated to fill that this year and to uh, kind of go above and beyond. One of the things we always uh, see at the junior hockey level is, you know, at the end of the regular season or playoffs, guys go away and they come back three or four months later and they might be two inches taller, or, you know, 15 pounds heavier. You just mentioned that that Matthew Ward put on uh, 15 pounds or so. Anybody else that uh, has come back looking like a completely different kid? Oh, I think you see growth in, in everyone, um, to be honest with you. It's funny, just even the, the physical maturity uh, that you can see in guys at such a growth phase, um, you know, in their life. Uh, I know for on the back end, our prospect, Josh Fluker, last year did a great job. He would have had to have grown an inch and a half, two inches this summer. And, uh, no longer looks like the small guy on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and through that it's just it's in every regard just an extra little step with their skating their shots a little bit harder and uh you know to the same same point some guys took off some weight too some guys had a little bit extra they are carrying around that they had to get rid of and they identified that and did the job and uh, really really pleased with our progression as a group and the commitment our guys showed this off season was there a depth player last year for you that you think uh, might be poised to take on a bigger role for you this season? Somebody that was, you know, on the third or fourth line, or maybe not an everyday player that uh, you think is going to establish himself this year? Well, I think we'd like to see growth from everybody, um, but one guy that's kind of stuck out here through camp, and uh, we believe in his talent level is Brady Bernie right. uh, in the preseason that he had here, and uh, he, he just has so much talent, and he's a committed individual as well, and. Um, can be undersized in stature, but uh, he's put in the work as well. Uh, he's got a nice build to him and uh, a strong lower body. And, um, yeah, I'd like to see him kind of be able to carry the preseason he's had here into the season and uh, be a difference maker for us. Uh, I know fans will look at the preseason record and uh, see you go two and three and, and maybe draw some conclusions from that. But what do you take away from from preseason? Because really wins and losses – uh, before uh, this weekend, they don't matter. So uh, what did you take away from uh, your preseason? Yeah, you know, as a group, we just want to continue to put together uh, more of a complete game uh, yeah, every time we take the ice. Um, so that comes from stemming from the structural standpoint in your D zone, neutral zone, and O zone to uh, your special teams and some familiarity there. And just guys getting used to the speed and the physicality of the game at this level and um, we all know that, you know, preseason's even a step below where the regular season's going to be. Um, so as a group, you know, we, 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 we get off to a good start against Moose Jaw. Uh, I think even in both those games, they probably could have went either way. And then 
our uh, three games uh, after that, two against or one against Regina and two against Met Hat were very similar. Um, we had a lot of scoring chances, a little bit snake bitten against Met Hat, and uh, we had a two goal lead against Regina down in Estevan. Um, so we're 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 happy with where our group's at. I'm not going to put a whole lot of weight into wins and losses in the preseason. Um, but it was just more about progressing forward as a group and trying to round out our game so that uh, here Friday night when we start our regular season, we put our best foot forward. Uh, lastly, I wonder where you set the bar f- uh, for uh, what you consider to be a successful season this year. Last year, fourth in the Central Division wasn't quite enough to get into the playoffs. Is making the playoffs w- the bare minimum for you? Or to me, it seems like the division might be a little bit more open this year. Uh, do you want to uh, maybe even contend for a, a division championship, or is that asking a little too much from this club at this point? You know, I think as a group, we're going to take it one day at a time. Uh, we're not going to look past where things are at, but when we get everyone back from our camps here and uh, we have a few weeks to see exactly who we are and what we're working with, I think we'll get together as a group and kind of set that bar for ourselves. Um, I know, you know, last year our guys came in with the, the playoffs was kind of the catchphrase, and that gives us a coaching staff a green light to hold them accountable to that standard and uh this year we're we're shifting into more of a win now phase where we believe that you know our group should be a tough out in playoffs we should be able to get ourselves in there but then be a tough out for anyone and um you know we'll evaluate that as the season goes and see where we're at but uh right now it's just uh you know it's about getting better every day uh, we're not going to look too far ahead of ourselves and set any goals or um, anything of that nature other than just trying to put our best foot forward every day and continue to progress. It's, it is a scenario where, you know, you got to learn to walk before you can learn to run. And for our group, um, we, we really benefited from our competitive nature last year and, and never giving up and staying engaged in games. And uh, Isaac Poulter, I mean, hats off to him. He's our three-time MVP here in Swift Current. And he did a great job of uh, providing us opportunities to win when we probably were out chance and outplayed um, a lot of nights. So for us, it's it's kind of shifting that. We want to get into a scenario where we're out shooting our opponents, we're out chancing our opponents, um, and we're establishing that process for success and results will follow. So uh, I think once we get into that uh, those scenarios and we're able to establish our identity and our game that way, uh, we'll have a better idea of exactly who we are and what we might be able to accomplish here. Well, from the outside looking in, it looks to me like a team that's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, Coach, I really appreciate your time this year. Best of luck, and we'll see you when the Broncos roll through Edmonton. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate you having me on. Head coach of the Swift Current Broncos, that's Devin Pratt. And what I was talking about with Matthew Ward, not being drafted, that's going to light a fire under him, and that's bad news for 21 other teams in the Western Hockey League. I like Matthew Ward. He is a small player. He does play a physical style that maybe at his size he isn't, you know, that it might not be a recipe for long-term success. But as a junior player, it's working for him. And not only is he an agitator and plays physical, but he's producing. I mean, he led their team in scoring last year. Uh, so I, I think he has another strong season this year, and maybe he gets drafted as a 19-year-old. I'm not going to put that past him. But lots to like on this team. Uh, a great one-two punch between the pipes with uh, Reed Dick and Gage Alexander. I don't know if I have them challenging for the division title just yet, but close. I think this is a playoff team, and I think they will be a, a difficult team to eliminate in the playoffs. And all it takes is you know, two or three of those drafted players take a big step forward this year. Like I mean, like a guy like Owen Pickering, if he suddenly becomes maybe arguably the best defenseman in the conference, I and mean, that's a huge thing. So 
Uh, but we're putting the cart before the horse. Let's see how they look. Uh, let's say, you know, six weeks into the season and go from there. All right, that was Swift Current. Now we head to Lethbridge, and the general manager is Peter Anholt, one of my favorite guests to get on the show. Let's learn all about this year's hurricanes next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Hi, I'm Stuart Skinner from the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Here's Skinner looking for the empty net. Rolling, rolling. He scores! Stuart Skinner! Unbelievable! Stuart Skinner has a goal! And you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Passion, talent, development. NCAA Hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Makar. Down low, Peel Makar. He scores. Gensel. The goalie scores. Jake Gensel. All were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. You know, I hear the camera adds ten pounds. Looks like you've eaten five cameras. Hey, we're back on the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, going through the WHL Central Division this week here on the program, which of course is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. W I L H A U K BeefJerky.com. It's the best beef jerky you've ever had, and you can get it anywhere in Western Canada. Just go to their website. All right, we're uh, next stop on our tour through the Central Division is down in Lethbridge, and uh, that means General Manager Peter Anholt is back on the show. Pete, welcome back. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Guy. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure when you're on the show, and I imagine at this time of year as we get uh, set for opening weekend, uh, there's got to be a level of excitement around the team. Yeah, I, I think there's, uh, you know, I think for the most part we we feel uh, comfortable with where we're at, Guy. I think there's, uh, you know, guarded optimism in a lot of ways. Uh, but, uh, you know, we like a, a lot of our pieces that we have in place, and and uh, we'll see how it all shakes down when it's all said and done. And, you know, after the first weekend, uh, we can kind of see where we're at. 3-0-1 in the preseason this year. I know preseason really doesn't, the record doesn't mean anything, but what did you learn about your team uh, through the exhibition uh, schedule? Uh, I, I think that uh, we learned that our back end should be a strength for us. Uh, we really liked uh, Picklick and Manegan, who who are our goaltenders right now, as Thompson is injured till November. So uh, those guys have done a nice job for us. But our back end looks like it should be a strength for us. And, uh, you know, up front, uh, there's some... Some young guys that have really jumped out for us and, and stepped up. I, I think Wormwald's been really good. I think uh, 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 Edwards has been really good. So I've been pleased about those guys. And some of the other young guys have really stepped up too. But ultimately, it's your older guys that got to carry in. I think Jones has been great. Thacker's been real good too. So, so all in all, pretty pleased with where we're at right now. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about some of those guys uh, in a second. But before we... Uh look closer at this year's team uh, who's not back from last year we go to the playoff roster and your uh, 01s that you lose as everybody does a couple of uh, veterans in Cade Nolan and uh, Corson Hoppo and then your leading scorer in Justin Hall and that's that's a big one obviously but uh, also Jaeger Klavdiev uh, not back this year and eligible he's an 03 
but the Belarusian decides uh, not to return. Uh, was that something you knew throughout the summer, or when did that? When did you learn that? Yeah, it was real late. Uh, that was a real disappointment for us. Uh, you know, he wasn't drafted. He didn't uh, garner a lot of NHL interest. So, so he felt that uh, he was just going to stay back home uh, and play pro back home. And so he signed with a with a pro team. But you know, it happened after the after the import draft as it was so uh you know so that uh, that kind of stung a little bit because we we felt that he probably had you know 30 35 goals in him uh and and when you develop a guy for a year like that and you know it takes those uh, imports uh you know at least a half a year or more to kind of get uh, acclimatized and that's basically what happened with him he was a real threat for us uh you know, in the second half and and down down the stretch. So so really disappointed about that. But uh, you know, I guess business is business, and he he thought it was uh, in his best interest just to stay back home. All right, and uh, Lickett Reichel also not back this year. So uh, you, you, I know you've brought in at Anton Astashevitz who played in uh, Calgary last year, but you still got room for another uh, import. Yeah, we we have room, but uh, we'll. Well, we'll see. Chernick, we drafted thinking that he wasn't going to be here this year. We may, with the possibility he comes next year. Uh, there's, that door is still open for him to come at any time this year. So we'll see. Uh, and then Anton, who, who played for Calgary last year, one of those situations where we're kind of open, uh, same as uh, it worked out for Ocular when he came after being in the queue for a year. He put in a real good year for us uh, the next year. So, you know, whether that's the same with uh, Anton or not, we'll see. Um, you know, uh, we'll give him a chance here anyways, and, and so far he's been pretty good. So uh, we'll we'll give him a chance and see where how that all shakes down. All right, well, let's go to the goaltending position. You mentioned the injury to Brian Thompson uh, out until November, you said. So an early season uh, hurdle here for your team to, to uh, overcome. That's got to be a concern, at least early on, no? Yeah, he uh he had a torn labrum so he was playing with that uh, all last year and and uh you know we kind of knew that he was going to need surgery after playoffs so once once playoffs were done then we, he got surgery right away but it's a it's basically a 6 month uh process so he'll be available uh come November but you know what uh, gives us an opportunity to see our other guys uh, Picklick won a lot of games for us last year uh and helped us get into the playoffs so he's 19 years old you you got to turn the ball over to some of these guys once in a while and that's way that's where we're at and and we really like Harrison Manigan as a goaltender so uh and and then we sent Brady Smith home uh back to he's going to play junior A in 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 British Columbia this year so um you know, all in all, you know, we'll give uh, next guy up uh, situation here, and and uh, we got to play well in front of them regardless. Well, you never like to have injuries, but it does a, a present an opportunity for somebody else, and who knows, maybe one of these guys will will grab the ball and uh, and run with it. I guess that's not a hockey analogy, but uh, whatever. Uh, well, Picklick's been Picklick's been good to this point, so we're we're pleased uh, where he's at, and so we'll we'll give him the ball and see what he can do with it. Your defensive uh, unit, uh, as you mentioned, should be a strength for you this year. I remember uh, uh, watching uh, Joe Arnson last year 
and I uh, approached you after a game last year in Edmonton. I know it was a loss, and you weren't really happy to talk, but I said, man, that Joe Arnson's going to be a good player. And you politely corrected me and said, he's a good player already. Uh, and uh, I agree. I stand corrected. But start with him and just talk about your defensive core. But uh, Arnson, he's a, he's a pretty good player. Well, yeah, we like Joe a lot. I, I think we maybe value him. He has more value here than than it seems uh, other places. But I like we really like this guy. Uh, Hard nosed, uh, old school type defenseman that uh, you know, and he, he's a leader on our team, and you know he, he he makes people accountable, and and he gives people some room out on the ice uh, that play for us. So so we like him a lot. Uh, Chase Paul's also another 19 year old uh, is a big strong guy, and he's cut, really had a real good start here. And Nolan Bentham. So those three. 19-year-old D are really, really going to be important for us uh, to set the tone. I know uh, Logan McCutcheon came in last year as a uh, an offensive-minded, undersized kind of guy. How's he looked in camp for you? Kutch has been great. Uh, you know, he uh, he's arguably been our best guy uh, throughout the, the camp, and and so we, we really like. It looks like he's gained a step. He's stronger. Uh, so, you know, we really like what he's done for us, uh, to this point. And, uh, you know, so, uh, really excited about his year coming up. Then you have some younger players who are trying to force their way uh, onto the roster and get some playing time. Tristan Doyle, I know six, but a first round pick for you and Noah Chadwick, a, a second rounder in 2020 and, and Caden Phillips. Uh, what have you seen from these players? And uh, man, Chadwick's young, but he's six, three and 190. Yeah, this guy, there's a good example where sending him back to midget for his 16-year-old year has really paid off. He he went back. He was, uh, you know, the best defenseman in the Saskatchewan Midget League. He he was a leadership, won the leadership award. This guy, this guy is is mature beyond his years, and you know, moves the puck smartly. And and uh, we really like this guy. Um, you know, Doyle, of course, is a first round pick and has the all the ability to move the puck. Also, you know, so he's he's smaller, but but can really really push that puck up the ice and we we listed uh Cade Phillips or we drafted him a couple years ago and we signed him this summer uh he's an 05 we're gonna give him a chance we've got lots of depth but you know he'll have an opportunity at some point along the way he's just trying to feel his way and then we can't forget about Ross Stanley who Mm -hmm. dislocated his shoulder in March last year got his shoulder fixed and and he's going to be ready real soon to play too so so we think we've got eight real strong guys there that we got that we can work with all right let's go to the uh the forward group and your uh overage players well you bring in Cole Carrier from the Regina Pats so all three of your uh 20 year olds are up front Alex Thacker Cole Carrier and Jet Jones and you touched on them already in the preseason They've taken over that leadership role for you, and we've seen those guys playing that position or that role for you already, but uh, now as 20-year-olds, take it to another level. Yeah, Jonesy's just a flat-out man. Like he's he's just so big and strong, and you know when he when he hits people, he he, he hurts them. Just be you know with good, clean, hard checks, and you know he's he's just a real strong player for us, and we like him a lot. And uh, Thax is a you know a real skilled guy. He was eighth in 
in assists last year in our league and I like so you know this guy can make plays and as an important uh you know point getter for us and you know Carrier is a guy that uh we saw this even last weekend against the Red Deer series that we just had uh it was a it was one of the hardest exhibition games that I've seen. Like, uh, so the two teams don't like each other very much, and and uh, you know Carrier did a nice job for us in that little series. So, so he's he can he can bring us something also. Last year, you made a trade at the deadline with Winnipeg, uh, where you sent Chase Wheatcroft out, and and I thought, man, that's a good player. That's tough for Lethbridge to lose a guy like that. But you bring in Braden Edwards, who I didn't know much about. I really liked him and the way he played for you down the stretch and in, in the playoffs. Uh, where's he at right now for you? Well, we really, really are pleased with him. He, he's taken another step uh, this year also. So, you know, he's been playing with Wormald and, and Miguel Marcus. And mm-hmm. so it's been a, it was a good line for us last year down the stretch and, and it'll continue to be a good line for us. All, all three of those players have, have uh, had a good summer and taken a step. Of course, Wormald went to the U18s uh, camp this summer, which uh, I think he benefited from and, and Edward had a real good summer where he was healthy to get ready for this year and and so he's really taken a step and of course Marcus is just flat out a good player so so those guys you will continue at this point at least to play together and and we like that unit and and I think they should be able to put up some numbers real uh, I mean that's a, a line for you that can develop and play together for the next two three years for you uh, Edwards a late 04 so first time draft eligible this year and, and Logan Warmwald uh, is a uh, first-time eligible player this year for the NHL draft. Now, I know there'll be a lot of attention for those guys. Uh, so for those who haven't seen Warmald, how do you describe him as a player? Real heady player. Um, you know, he's he's not a fast player, but he but he because of his hockey sense, it's uh, you know he gets to places before the puck gets there. So his hockey sense is elite. His puck skills are elite. Uh, you know, and and he's you know he's just so smart and uh, not a big player, but uh, but plays big and. And, uh, you know, he's got the big heart last year in playoffs in game three, basically played, played, played with mono, uh, was really sick, was still one of our best players. Uh, you know, he's a competitive guy and, uh, you know, we, we think he's going to be just a great hurricane and a real good, uh, real good pro down the road. And you mentioned Miguel Marcus, who we saw briefly, uh, throughout last season and into the playoffs, a first round pick 10th overall. And yeah, terrific, uh, Terrific skills uh, with uh, young Marcus. Now, who haven't we mentioned that you think deserves some attention this year or might be, you know, have been a depth player for you last year that's going to take a bigger step this season? Well, Ty Nash, I think really, I mean, he's, he's going into his fourth year. Um, you know, plays with a lot of speed, certainly a physical player. We, we, you know, we, we know that he gets lots of opportunities offensively. He hasn't, he's had, hasn't had the puck luck once in a while that we'd, that we'd hope he'll get eventually that he's going to score on some of the chances, but he's one of those guys gets a lot of breakaways and lots of opportunities. So we really think that this guy should be, have a breakout year for us. Where do you set the bar for success this season? Now, last year you finished seventh in the division, uh, which meant you faced one of the top teams in, in the uh, in the conference, that being the Oil Kings, and uh, we know how that ended. Uh, but is it about making the playoffs again this year, or is that enough? Do you think, uh, when I look at the division, it seems like it's a little bit more up for grabs this season. So uh, climbing the uh, the standings, 
uh, and maybe even pushing for a, a, a shot at the at the division crown? Is that realistic for you? Yeah, I, I don't know that. I will see. Uh, I think Red Deer's good. I, I think past that, I think it's kind of up for grads. I, I think Swift Current's got a lot of talent on their team, uh, whether they're whether they're going to come of age or not. Uh, you know, I, I really think they've got a lot of really really good players, so they're going to be tough to handle. Um, you know, past that, I, I think it's kind of up for grabs for the rest of us. But I, you know, we've we've been competitive all along here. We, we've been get, making the playoffs all along. I I think that that's the standard here for sure. I mean, making the playoffs. But uh, you know, I, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I think that uh, we'll we'll let our team determine what we do uh, if they, if they prove that they they show that uh we're good enough to to add to this group then we would but uh we'll we'll let the team determine that and and that's always up to the players and the coaches so we'll see how it goes i can't ask for any more than that uh pete i really appreciate your time best of luck this year and i, I look forward to seeing your club as you roll through edmonton to play the oil kings this season yeah thanks a lot Guy. i appreciate the time that's Peter Anholt, general manager of the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Always a great, uh, great guest to have on the show, and I, I think this time he might have enjoyed it more than I did. You, you can't tell from that, but several times through that interview, there's a couple times I like accidentally punched my mic, and uh, I think I sneezed at one point, or my voice cracked, or something. He was just laughing his ass off, and afterwards he's like, "Man, you got a lot of cutting to do on this one," and he's right. I did. I did have to edit uh, a lot, but. Uh, None of his content uh, did I need to edit because it was all great stuff. Uh, I think that team's going to be a, a fun one to watch this year. Uh, some question marks, obviously the the hurdle at the uh, the start of the season without their starting that minor, but we'll see how they round out and uh, how they mature as a group this year. But uh, I think uh, the Hurricanes could be a playoff team. I expect that there will be a playoff team where they fit in the standings, and that's what we'll have to wait and see. All right, next stop, the defending WHL champion, Edmonton Oil Kings, and general manager, Kurt Hill. Well, that team, completely new look this year. We'll get into that next via the Troubled Monk Hotline as Kurt Hill joins me. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, brought to you by Will Hot Beef Jerky. Corbett, Mayo wants Corbett at last. They score! Score! Curtis Lazar! Dips on the Corbett offering. The Oil Kings. Our goalie to the Memorial Cup Championship Final. Hey, this is Curtis Lazar, the Memorial Cup Champion on the Edmonton Oil Kings, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Hi, everybody. Back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, the program brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's W-I-L-H-A-U-K, beefjerky.com, Alberta's best beef jerky, and you can get it anywhere in Western Canada. Continuing on with the Essential Division preview, and uh, our next uh, visit is with the Edmonton Oil Kings, the defending 
a WHL champion, Edmonton Oil Kings, and a general manager, Kurt Hills, back on the Pipeline Show. Kurt, welcome back. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing, Geese? I'm doing good and uh, looking forward to the uh, opening weekend here. Uh, it's going to be a much different looking team, and, and maybe that's where we have to start. But uh, first off, with a short off season, do you feel a little uh, ripped off? You don't get to enjoy the, the, wearing the crown here as WHL champions for as long as normal. <laughs> it was a quick off season, no question, but uh, <laughs> obviously a very rewarding season last year for our group. So uh, I guess we'll we'll get we get the rest of this season to to be the, uh, the the champs, I guess, until uh, until somebody's renamed, and uh, we're going to do everything we can to to do our best this year to to keep it. All right. Well, we're going to look ahead at this year's roster in a second, but first let's uh, mention the guys who aren't back from last year's team. And for most clubs, that's like four or five guys. For you, it's a lot longer list. Uh, the old ones from last year who aren't back because they're too old now, Josh Williams, uh, Carter Such, uh, who was a career Edmonton Oil King, uh, as well as uh, Simon Kubacek, uh, but also not expected to be back. And I guess that starts in goal. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not expecting any of these guys back. Sebastian Kosa, uh, Caden Gooley, Luke Prokop, uh, not back, uh, as well as uh, forwards uh, Tyler Horseman uh, due to injury. Brendan Cooney's gone. Justin Sordiff, Jake Neighbors, uh, Jalen Lipen uh, traded in the off season, uh, and I guess one question mark would be with Dylan Gunther. But uh, I don't. Is anybody expecting Gunther back? Yeah, I don't think any of those guys really are uh, expected to be back on our lineup this season. I mean, if uh, if we happen to get one of them back, um, you know, I guess we'll at that point at that time integrate them back into the group, but. Again, it's uh, we're a development league for a reason, and uh, the more guys we move on to pro hockey and get the opportunity to play at that level, we're happy for. All right, well, literally half your team uh, from last year not back, so uh, it's going to be a completely different look uh, for the Oil Kings. Let's start in net, and with uh, Kosa no longer here, uh, Colby Hay was the, the number two guy last year. He suddenly becomes maybe your number one, but uh, Alex Worthington, with a pretty good camp here, uh, is uh, pushing for some starts too. How do you feel about your goaltenders right now? Yeah, we're happy with them both. I mean, both guys were guys we stepped up in the Bantam draft and took, or in the WHL prospect draft and took them relatively high for goaltenders, in, in my opinion, which is, uh, you know, guys we were really high on. So, um, you know, Colby had the opportunity last year to get close to 25 starts and, and be a part of a group that he gained lots of experience with. So, uh, you know, obviously early on here, we're going to uh, lean on him and he's going to give you the guy that's going to run with it. And, um, you know, but Alex is somebody, another goaltender that uh, is a real high-end prospect for us as well, and he had a great preseason. So I think really it's uh, in net. We feel we have two uh, real competent guys in there and guys that uh, we'd be comfortable with having in each night. I'm sure maybe this is the coach's decision, but could you see it play out where it's a, you know, a closer to a 50-50 split in games, or do you expect it's going to be more of a one and number two? Yeah, I think that's got to play itself out a little bit. I mean, yeah. You know, both guys haven't played a lot in the league, right? Right. That's why he's got 25 starts. So, um, you know, you know, we'll see how it goes. And you know, at the end of the day, they're they're young goaltenders. They're they're going to have their ups and downs as the year goes on. And um, you know, at times you might go with the hot hand. At times, uh, you know, some guys might need certain nights off against certain teams. But we'll kind of just feel that out. I know, uh, um, obviously this week, and I'm sure Hazer will get the start on opening night, and we'll kind of just uh, go from there. He's six five, and Worthington is six three. You like big goaltenders? Kosa obviously was a giant back there, and I don't. The goalies you got in the in the system are also big too. Yeah, we do. We 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 like them. I mean, it's uh, you know these ones all tend to be a little like I don't think we have a mandate that they have to be big, but we seem to have big ones right now. And you know, the last couple of years are just kind of you know we felt we 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 had the opportunity to take goalies later in the draft. We didn't have to step up and take one early, and 
Um, there were some bigger guys there that we liked with lots of upside. So, you know, I just feel like, um, you know, our scouting staff and at the end of the day, if we're taking a guy um, late in the draft, until uh, we think has upside, uh, them having size doesn't hurt at all. Well, you're down to your three 20-year-olds. One of them is on the back end in Logan Dauhanek, who's been a career Edmonton Oil King, his second-round pick way back in 2017. Uh, now really becomes that, that de facto leader on the blue line, isn't he? He is. You know, he's a true... He's a true oil king. I mean, five. This is going to be his fifth season being here. He's drafted the organization, been to every camp, every uh, development camp there is. So he is, uh, you know, he knows what the expectation is here. And he had a fantastic year for us last season, playing in that top four that obviously got us to was a big part of us winning the league championship. And uh, yeah, he's gonna his minutes are probably going to go up this year, just knowing that we have lots of younger D back as well. And um, you know, he's going to be relied upon a lot, especially, you know, in those in those critical power play moments as well. Your trade with uh, Tri-City with uh, Jalen Leipin uh, headed uh, to the U.S. division uh, brought back a couple of players. One of them is Bryson Andreg on the back end. Uh, I know he's back playing now. He was a little bit banged up early in camp. I didn't get to see him, but what are you expecting from him this year? He's a big body, but uh, what's his role? Well, he's going to be a guy that can eat some minutes, I think. And, uh, you know, he's, gonna, he's he plays with a little bit of bite, so he's hard to play against. He isn't afraid to be physical. Uh, uh, we really like the way he skates and moves the puck. So, you know, for him, it's hopefully he's a guy that can, you know, you know, play some pretty important minutes for us and then give us a little bit of, of age in the back end. Uh, we haven't had a lot of an opportunity to see him play as an oil king yet just because he was banged up and then he played one minute of an exhibition game and got suspended for three games. So he will not be in the lineup on uh, Friday, but Saturday we'll get to see him a little more. So, you know, I think we know what he is from uh, practice and video, but uh <laughs> Us getting to see him in some game action here will be will be helpful as well. Wow, nice start. All right, uh, Ethan Peters is the other defenseman coming back who played most nights for you. Uh, you got a couple of other young guys in Braden Wynn and Carter Kowalik, who, I, man, he, every year it's interesting to see who comes into training camp looking a lot different than they did at the end of the year, and it wasn't that big of a, an off season. but Carter Kowalik looks like a man now. Uh, he's a he's a big guy, and you know I think one of them when we drafted him, we we really loved his compete level and the way that he can move the puck with his size. And you know the biggest thing question mark during the draft was you know is, is his foot speed going to get better? And you know it's come from the time we drafted him, it's it's improved significantly. It's still an area of his game that he he needs to continue to work on and improve. But um, man, his compete level, his commitment to playing team defense, block shots, you know just be that real hard to play against D is. You know, he's one of those kind of throwback D that are really hard to find nowadays. And, uh, yeah, we're really happy with where he's at. NHL draft season for him as well. And maybe uh, off the radar right now or under the radar for a lot of people, but uh, we'll see how he starts the year. Uh, might hear his name a lot more. Now, you got a bunch of young guys uh, trying to force their way onto this roster. Uh, who are some of the uh, players you'll start the season with that uh, are, are working their way into the lineup? You know, uh, Ethan McKenzie is a guy that, uh, you know, we're going to keep for, for the season. He's, he's, um, had a really good summer. You know, he's grown a lot since we drafted him, put on some weight. And, you know, he's just a very fluid puck moving D that has lots of offense in his game. So would be a guy that I wouldn't be surprised to see some power play minutes there. And, um, so as a 16 year old, we'll see him here in the lineup, um, a lot this season. And Reed Larson, um, he's a 2005 born defenseman out of Calgary and he's going to, He's going to start the year with us as well, and he's going to be kind of a defensive style D, hard to play against, and uh, again, just be be solid back there, move pucks up to our forward group, and uh, you know try to limit the mistakes and fill some minutes for sure for us. And uh, recently here, we've we've sent um, Reese Peterson and uh, Parker Alcos back to NAX, uh, and those two guys, as 16 year olds, will be close and guys we can use in AP situations, practice with our team at points, and you know two guys that are going to be. Uh, 
real important pieces for our group here moving forward as well. Matt Peterson, six three and a half already, and he's uh, entering his sixteen year old season. That's a that's a big fella on the blue line too. All right, uh, up front uh, again, lots of changes, but the guys you have coming back and and Jackson, we listen. I didn't know what to expect from him when you acquired him from Red Deer because he was sort of a depth guy with them, and I thought he would played that depth role for you last year until about midway through the season, and then. Suddenly, he's, he's your key face-off guy, and he, he turns on the uh, the physical aspect, and he played some massive games in the playoffs for you. He comes back now as, you know, he might be your, your one of your uh, offensive leaders and uh, emotional leaders on the ice, too. He truly is. He's, um, you know, I really thought once he got his confidence uh, back up last season, you know, he was a, a huge, a, an impact player for us, and, you know, I... I often tell people that uh, game six against Seattle in the final, when we close it out, you know, he, he set the tone that first 10 minutes and you knew you were winning that night just based on the way he came to play. But yeah, he was one of our best players all playoff. And, you know, going into this season, he's, um, he's a 20 year old player now in the league. He's going to be relied upon to play big minutes and um, probably provide a little bit more offense for us than, uh, you know, was expected last season. Um, and yeah, he's going to be a, a big time leader for us this year. Yeah. And we'll- that game against St. John at the Memorial Cup, too, he was unreal uh, in that game. Uh, Carson Golder, you move him from defense to, to forward, and I'm happy with that. I thought he was better forward than he was a, a defenseman. But, I mean, he's a versatile guy, so you have options. But that transition for him seemed pretty easy to make. Yeah, it did. And he, we really liked that last year from him, the, the ability to move up and down just with injuries and a lot of things that can happen over the course of the season. And, you know, I think as a staff, we chatted a just wanted him to have a real clear direction this season on what you know, it was going to look like for him. Now, not to say that he won't ever play D this year, but mm-hmm. uh, we wanted him to have that clarity at least entering the season. And we're going to, you know, with a lot of the turnover he had up front, uh, we're going to we're going to start him there and and uh, see how he does. Now, you had seven or eight NHL drafted players the last year. This year, just one, uh, Jakob Demick, who's uh, drafted by the Vegas Golden Knights. What are you expecting from him in year two? Because he started really well for you last year, and then I know he missed some time, and it seemed like he uh, was never firing on all cylinders after that. Uh, how's he looking for you right now, and what are your expectations? Yeah, with Jakob right now, he's um, um, he's he's actually injured, so he's going to be put on our long-term injury reserve list, and uh, I wouldn't expect um, to see uh, Jakob in any game action until after uh, Christmas and probably further until after the trade deadline. Wow. I did not hear that yet. Wow, that's uh, that's a big blow uh, for the team. All right, uh, who carries the load uh, beyond that? Uh, I know you brought in Rhett Melnick in the trade uh, with, uh, with the Tri-City Americans, and he's a, a local product. He's played a couple years in the league. So what are you expecting from a guy like that? Yeah, very smart player. You know, he's a guy that uh, really sees the ice well. He makes it, he makes his line better just uh, with his ability to move pucks quick and to kind of make that second pass opportunity. So, um, going to get a lot of opportunity, probably play a little bit in the middle and on the wing. And um, guy that obviously will get some time on the power play. And um, with him, same thing, a guy in his age group, uh, Luca Hoff, who we took in the import draft, is going to be another 04 forward that, uh, you know, hopefully has a quick transition over to uh, the North American style of play, which, uh, you know, we're pretty comfortable with what we've seen so far. And, um, you know, another guy that we'll be leaning on here a little bit more to, uh, help us produce some offense this year a couple of depth guys uh, from your team last year who will take uh, much uh, take on much bigger roles this year cole miller who's a former first round pick from lethbridge and dawson sites who's a first round pick of your own uh, both in 2020 those guys seem poised to uh, really play maybe even top six roles for you this year well certainly miller yeah they both you know what uh, they're both real young players in this league still i think uh, you know we had the benefit of them really 
seeing what some elite players in this league, how they, they operate their day to day. And, um, you know, you hope that they learned a lot from that. At the same time, I think it's, we got to be careful and, and, you know, put them in spots where hopefully they can succeed and temper the expectation a little bit. But, uh, at the same time, you know, it's, um, there's lots of opportunity here. So it's going to be up to those guys to grab that opportunity and run with it. And, uh, but for sure, two real elite, uh, 05 forward, 17 year olds in this league that are going to be big parts of our organization here for many years now speaking of first round picks gavin hodnett uh, played a little bit for you last year he's a, a smaller guy but tons of skill and uh, what are your expectations for him here in his first full season yeah he's looked we've been really happy with the way he looked in training camp and in the preseason um, again a real smart player that has a smaller guy obviously you need to be and put himself in good spots and you know he he's got a good nose for for creating offense and playing a, a solid 200 foot game so i think with those young players again it's uh you just got to kind of see how they they progress through the start of the season, but uh, you know, for for that age group and being a 16 year old in the league, um, we're really happy with where he's at right now. And you know, he's going to I think uh, climb himself up the lineup as the season goes on. Now, last pl- last player to ask you about is uh, a guy who you you bring in in Marshall Finney, who you list here in the fall, comes into training camp. I don't know what you expected, but uh, man, he looked really good. He, I mean, he's a slightly older player. It's not like he's 16, but he comes in and uh, and earns his way onto your roster with a pretty strong camp. Yeah, he's kind of that. Uh, you know, we always say there's one guy that comes to camp that you're not going to expect to make your team, and he certainly was that guy this year. And he he was a man on a mission when he came here in camp. He was physical the entire time. You know, he created great offense. Him and Hodnett had a good chemistry going throughout the entire training camp. And, you know, we just really like his coachability, his his passion for the game, wanting to learn, wanting to get better. And um, he was just a guy that we knew early on we were going to have a tough time saying no to and him not making our team. So we're extremely happy with, uh, you know, that we listed him and that he's going to be a, a part of our group this year because he's, he's going to be a key player for us. All right, now lastly, what should fans expect this season from the Oil Kings? You're, you're defending champions. You've been one of the top teams for three, four years now. That can't You can't sustain that forever. It's a junior hockey. is a cycle. What should fans expect? What what would you consider to be a successful year? Well, we want to get in the playoffs. I think we have the guys, some, some older guys here that are, you know, going to pass on some really good good lessons and have some great experience back in the lineup. And, you know, I think with our work ethic that I've really thought has been real high here in the preseason, you know, Luke's going to really instill that in this group. And, you know, it's going to be one of those years where we got to make sure we're doing everything not to hurt ourselves as a group and be disciplined, play within our team structure. And, you know, we're going to need contributions right through the whole lineup. If we're going to, if we're going to, we're going to have to score by committee a little bit and, we're also going to have to play that solid team defense, so help our goalies out as much as we can. And, um, you know, I think there's an opportunity there to have some success and get in for sure. Finally, I should ask you about Luke Pierce. Uh, a change behind the bench. Uh, he moves from assistant to head coach. Uh, do you expect a significant change to your team, or is that because he was there it should be a fairly smooth transition? Yeah, I don't think anything will change too much other than, as you've already mentioned, the roster is a lot different than what it's looked like in the past. But, you know, Luke... Uh, he had a four-year interview. He was here with uh, Brad all that time through, and I got a good relationship with him, and I've known him for a long time. So I have a lot of confidence and you know, the patience he's going to have with our younger players, and there's going to be lots of teaching. Um, there's going to be a lot of a focus on development of our players that are here and our prospect players that we have signed. And, you know, um, at the end of the day, we just need guys to be getting coming here and being hungry to get better every day. Kurt, I appreciate your time. Best of luck this year. We'll see you this weekend as uh, the season begins. Yeah, you bet. We'll see you on Friday. 
You will see me on Friday. That's uh, Kurt Hill, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, who open up at home against the Red Deer Rebels on Friday night. Myself, Andrew Peard, he does the play-by-play. That's the big job. I do color. You can hear those games at oilkings.ca. And uh, very much looking forward to the start of the season. Now, what kind of a season is it going to be for the Oil Kings? We're used to them being a fairly strong, almost dominant team. But as I mentioned in that interview, they've been that club for four years now, and you you can't. It's it's a cycle. You're at the top for a while, and the Oil Kings maybe have uh, extended that. That's not going to be the case now. This is uh, they're going the other direction for how long that's going to be. Whether it's just this year and they can retool and get back up next year, I uh, don't know. It's usually a two or three year process. That said, they've got some talent on this team. They could still make the playoffs. I don't think that it's a given. Some of those guys might be of value to teams who are contending this year, and the Oil Kings emptied the cupboards prospect-wise. You know, they don't have a lot of draft picks for the next couple of years in order to win last year's WHL championship, and that worked. You're not regretting that choice if you're the Oil Kings, but now, you know, Jakob Demick is out until after Christmas. I didn't know that. I've been gone for a week, so that was news to me, but if he's no use to you as the Oil Kings until... Basically, the trade deadline probably makes sense to trade his rights at some point, right, to a team that is contending this year. Uh, I don't know what the import situation is off the top of my head for, you know, Kamloops or Seattle or one of those teams that is uh, contending. Somebody else will emerge, whether it's, I don't know, Everett or something, maybe Kelowna. Do you trade him in the division or in the conference? Maybe. But he's a perfect example. And beyond that, it can be tough to trade 20-year-olds, but if Jackson Weeb is having that type of a season... Maybe that's another guy, Logan Dalhaniak. Hate to see those players leave because they're a lot of fun to watch. But the Old Kings are in a situation where uh, you know they they were all in, and you got to pay the piper. Still going to be a fun team to watch though. And uh, junior hockey's uh, if you're in the Edmonton area, it's a lot cheaper than the NHL product in town. Although that's a pretty darn good team to watch too. Next up, it's the Calgary Hitmen. We're heading south on Highway Two. Are they renaming that uh, that highway? I haven't heard. It's the QE2, the Queen Elizabeth II Highway. Is it going to be the KC2? Don't know. These are all things that happen while I'm away. Anyway, the general manager of the Calgary Hitman, his name is Jeff Shanouth, and he is up next. Via the Troubled Monk Hotline, you're listening to the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Willock Beef Jerky. I'm Trey Fitzwilanski of the Edmonton Oil Kings. At his own blue line, now Fitzwilanski cutting in right circle. Dances around his man to his backhand. Forehand, he scores! Oh my goodness, Trey Fitzwilanski. What a move, what a shot, what a goal. Oh mama. And this is the Pipeline Show. Oscar from Atchison loves Wilhawk beef jerky. I'll never forget it. Heading to the lake. Three screaming kids in the back. Let's get ice cream, we said. Sour, soupy sundaes all over the van. But then I found Wilhawk beef jerky. Tender, seasoned pieces of meat smoked to perfection. Perfect for keeping little mouths busy. And best of all, no sloppy surprises. And I always make sure to bring a little extra to eat around the campfire. Thanks, Wilhawk. Wilhawk beef jerky. It's the best. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Oh, my. 
Hey, back on the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. We're halfway through the WHL Central Division uh, previews as we're uh, speaking with GMs and or coaches. Sometimes it's a uh, different player or different people. Sometimes it's the same guy. Uh, we're going to continue that here as we get down to Calgary. But reminder that uh, the show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, W-I-L-H-A-U-K, beefjerky.com. It's the best beef jerky you've ever had, and you can get it anywhere in Western Canada by going to their website and ordering it from them. Two locations, three locations now in the Edmonton area. All right, our uh, next stop is in Calgary. As I mentioned, the uh, the Hitmen, well, they were the uh, preseason champions, if you will. We'll uh, find out if that means much as we bring in General Manager Jeff Chenoweth. Uh, Jeff, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing well, Guy. Always a pleasure to talk to you. What does preseason mean for you? It means absolutely nothing, <laughs> and it's... Uh, I mean, if you talk to most general managers in the league, they would say the same thing. I think you look at you know preseason action in a different way. It's uh, you know get an opportunity for your younger younger players to play and make an impression and try to make the team. But uh, as we all know, the majority of the players are away or not playing in the exhibition season. So don't take a lot of stock in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, I'd rather be four and all than zero and four. But uh, starting this Friday, it doesn't mean anything, and uh, we know it's going to be a, a tough road ahead. Well, that's the way to look at it. I guess 4-0 better than 0-4. All right. Before we can get into this year's roster, we got to reflect on last year and, and who's not back from the team that just sh- fell short of uh, a playoff spot. Uh, but your three overage players uh, from last year, Blake Stevenson, Cale Zimmerman, and Blake Allen have moved on. Anyone else from last year's team that is not back with you to start this season? We've actually moved on from one of our import players, Anton Astashevich. We released him prior to the uh, CHL import draft on July 1st. He has uh, got an opportunity to play in Lethbridge with mm-hmm. the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. And we also released uh, non-import Antonia Titian, who was a 17-year-old rookie last year based out of, uh, of the Vancouver area. And so we've really turned over five forwards from uh, last year's team. All right, and I know uh, Mason Finley, you made a trade with the Oil Kings today. You know, I, right between my conversation with you, I chatted with Kurt Hill, and in between there, you guys made a trade, uh, Mason Finley coming up to uh, join the Oil Kings this year for a, uh, what, a conditional eighth-round pick? Yeah, conditional pick, is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's an opportunity for Mason. Uh, you know, we had 17 forwards, uh, as we still have 17 forwards right now, and uh uh, can't play 17 a night, doesn't work in the game of hockey. And uh, this is an opportunity for Mason as a second-year guy to uh, you know, go to a great organization and hopefully earn a, a roster spot on a nightly basis. All right, well, let's get into your roster uh, coming into the uh, the regular season. And uh, goaltending, I think, would have to be considered a position of strength for you. Braden Peters entering his 20-year-old year. Uh, he's been around this league for a long time now, and uh, I, I would have to think you're pretty comfortable with him. And then he got another good goaltender behind him and Ethan Bonaventura as well. So a position of strength for the Hitman? Well, I hope it is. I mean, you know, we were lucky. We got two good goaltenders. Uh, Braden Peters was returned today from the Anaheim Ducks uh, rookie camp. So he had an opportunity to attend an NHL camp, which is a great experience for him. Uh, you know, we're, we, he's a, a big part of our success of our hockey team last year, even though we didn't make the playoffs with a young hockey club. We had a, number eight penalty killing in the Western Hockey League and 12th best goals against. And, you know, with such a young hockey club, the majority of that falls on our goaltenders. And both Ethan and Brayden Peters had good years. Unfortunately, we fell short of our goal to make the playoffs. But, uh, 
They were both solid. We expect them both to come back and have solid seasons and, uh, you know, hopefully allow us to have more success down the road. Behind those two guys, I think you still have a, a couple of players. Well, I'm not sure now with Peters coming back from NHL camp, uh, I don't see the regular season roster yet. We can only see the preseason roster still. Do you still have a couple guys uh, with you? Alex Garrett is up right now. Unfortunately, he got hurt in practice last week mm. and uh, he's out uh, for an extended period of time. Uh, he played the last two years with the Saskatoon Blazers in the Saskatchewan Major or U18 League. And uh, he's our top prospect in the 05 group. And then in the 06 group, Christian Francis, who plays with the St. Albert U18 Raiders. He played the final two games of the exhibition season after Bonaventura and Garrett suffered injuries and uh, you know, handled himself very well. Great experience for him. He'll go back to St. Albert this year for his second season and hopefully be the starter for that team. So uh, we think we've got some depth and goal, but as we all know, you can never have too much depth and goal or on defense. All right. Well, speaking of defense, you got a lot of 19-year-olds. At least it did uh, through the preseason, five of them if I count correctly, and math is never my friend. But uh, you've got some some veteran depth now in, in, uh, in Calgary on your blue line. Is that fair to say? It's fair to say, but it's also fair that at the same time that we won't be keeping five 20-year-olds. If we were making a Memorial Cup run similar to the Oil Kings last year, you might look at that. We're not a Memorial Cup uh, contender yet, and uh, hopefully we will be down the road. But uh, you know, when it all shakes out, I could see us having three uh, 2003 defensemen. We're really excited about uh, some of our 2005s, and we've also got a solid couple of 2004 players in Graydon Seatman and Matthew Sutter. So we've got lots of depth on the back end. One of the things, Guy, we wanted to do this year, both on forward and defense, was create a competitive camp. We weren't good enough last year. We fell short of our goal to make the playoffs. When you make the when you miss the playoffs, there's going to be changes. We've had a competitive camp. We've kept more players around than we normally do. Now we've got to get down in numbers. We've achieved what we wanted to do, but now the tough decisions come from myself and the coaching staff to get down to the 23 or 24 players that we're going to, you know, carry to start the season. So do you expect to be making some moves early in the season, or do you just got to even before the season starts? I mean, you made the one small move here with the Oil Kings uh, today, but uh, speaking about defensemen, I mean, do you, do you want to get something done here before, say, mid-October? Ideally. I mean, as you know, I cover in this league, everybody's in first place right now. Everybody's happy. <laughs> uh, usually to really judge a team, you've got to got to look about 10 games into the season before you start making changes. That's always been kind of my mindset. Well, 10 games is usually the end of October, which is too long when you have young kids who are, a lot of them still in school, high school. Mm-hmm. So, you know what, we'll, we'll play it out a little bit. We'll get the, we still have three players at NHL camp. We'll get Sean Chagall and Riley Fitter Schultz back. We'll get Tyson Galloway back. Then we'll start putting the pieces together. But uh, we're, uh, you know, it'll it'll be a little bit while longer before we get down to our actual 23 players. Uh, Carter Yakinchuk had a heck of a uh, preseason. Only played two games, but six points. You unleashed the beast there with him. Well, there's lots of potential with Carter. He's a big body. He's even grown more from last year. He kind of came into camp last year, you know, as a third-round draft pick in the prospects draft a few years ago, and we didn't know if he'd make the team. And to be honest with you, we, we deliberated many times about sending him back to the U18 Calgary Flames, but he just kept playing so well, and I think he ended up playing 62 games last year. He's got a late birthday, so it is in his draft year this year. There's a lot of potential there. Uh, obviously, I mean, it's still a big jump to go from a third pairing to a you know top four pairing in the Western Hockey League. But you know, we're hoping he can make that step and uh, you know create some offense from the back end. One of our weaknesses last year as well, we didn't score a lot of goals both from the forward position or the defensive position. So we mm-hmm. we need to create some more offense from the back end, and uh, he's a big part of that. 
Jeff Chenoweth is the general manager of the Calgary Hitmen here as we go through the WHL Central Division. Uh, you mentioned Riley Fiddler-Schultz and Sean Chagall, both of those guys I'm a fan of, and they can play on my team any day of the week. They're at NHL camp as we're speaking right now, but you expect them both back, and they're big pieces of your team, both of them uh, your uh, top two leading scorers from last year. Uh, who do you saddle with them on uh, on that uh, top line? Well, I think that we have to get everybody back first, but I could see Zach Funku playing his offside. He scored 23 goals last year, really came in as a breakout year for us, plays with some edge and some energy. Uh, Zach's now 19, was a second-round pick in the prospects drafted in the 2003 age group. So I think there's uh, you know, definitely an opportunity for him. One of the things with only two 20-year-olds on our roster with Braden Peters and Riley Fitter-Schultz, where we can go get another 20-year-old, and ideally in a perfect world we'd like to get a forward, and ideally a top six forward that could you know, spread out the offensive wealth or depth of our group. So that's one of our long-term plans as we move, move ahead, but uh, that will take time to come to fruition. All right, there's always guys who were maybe depth players for you last year that after a, a season goes by and an off season, they, they come to camp and they're maybe two inches taller and 20 pounds heavier or something like that, and suddenly they're taking on a much bigger role. When I say that, anybody immediately come to mind? Not just specifically one person. I don't like to name one or two players. I, I look at our group, Guy, is that, you know, we were one of the youngest teams in the league last year. And, you know, for most of the year, we were in a playoff position, but we faded down the stretch, sometimes which, which happens with young players. And so now all our younger players have come to camp, obviously a year older. The cycle of junior hockey is you win with 18, 19, and quality 20-year-olds. Some of our players now are getting close to the 04s and the 05s. There's definitely the 04s. We need a lot of them to take the steps for us to have success. And I'm not singling out any player, both forward or defense, but these are players, the age group, they're now coming into that 18-year-old group that we need to take the steps. We've had a number of the 2005s have a great camp, and we hope that continues as well. Uh, I don't see us carrying many 16-year-olds this year. We've got two right now in camp, both forwards, and they're our top two picks in the, the prospects draft last December. We're excited about both of them. So, you know, we, we, as I said, we returned a lot of players, but we turned over a lot of forwards. So there has been an opportunity for some of the 05s and 06s and even an 04 to make our hockey club. Well, that's important to have guys pushing each other, just even just for playing time, isn't it? On Internally like that, internal competition goes a long way. No question about it. And again, we weren't good enough last year. So even if we were a veteran, we didn't make the playoffs. And when you don't make the playoffs, there's going to be change. And so we, we brought in some other players, both, you know, uh, draft picks and also list players and uh, they've created competition at camp and throughout the preseason it's been great for the coaching staff to be able to look down the line and say geez we got a battle here for positions and so I, I'm looking forward to the start of the year again I like where we're heading we're not at the where we want to be the ultimate goal to win a WHL championship but I think we're trending in the right direction. Uh, where are you at with your imports do you have two with you? We have two imports. We return our Russian forward, Maxim Moranov, a 2004 forward who came over last October. And uh, due to the war in uh, the Ukraine, I did not go back to Russia in the summer. So he was here all year. He was training. He looks stronger. He's just looks like a different player. So he's back for his second year. Again, there's that 2004 age group. So our, our second import is defenseman Wojtek Husinicki. We uh, selected him in the import draft on July 1st. 2005 born right-handed shot defenseman only played one game uh in the exhibition season as he had a, a hip injury mm. but he's back now we think there's lots of potential 
he would have made the uh, Chechia U18 team at the Holinka Gretzky tournament in August, but he suffered an injury at the first day of camp. And uh, we think there's a bright future for him. And uh, we're excited once he get acclimatized to uh, not only the North American game, but our culture that uh, he's going to be a big part of our success moving forward. Jeff, I guess just moving forward here with this season, once you get the uh, uh, underway and you anticipate making some changes with your roster, what's the the bar for success this year? What has to happen for you to be happy with make the playoffs and go from there? Or do you need to shoot higher than that? Well, I think you have to shoot to make the playoffs every year. That's your job as a coach and as a general manager and your players. So, I mean, when as I said, it's a, a failure that we didn't make the playoffs last year, and I'll take responsibility for that as the uh, general manager. We've got to be better. We've got to make the playoffs, and I expect to win a round in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, and we'll see what happens from there. But, again, lots can happen before the end of March 2023. But, uh, again, that's our goal coming into the season. We're trying to build towards a WHL championship caliber team. It takes time. As you know, there's no quick fixes in major junior hockey, and uh, we're trying to build it, and it will take time, but we think we're trending in the right direction. Now, with the building, uh, it's cr- pretty crowded uh, Saddle Dome this year, isn't it? Don't you have three franchises all playing there this year? Well, you can count four with the Calgary Roughnecks of the National Lacrosse League, and uh, it's going to be a very hectic building. Uh, we will be playing 28 games uh, right now at the uh, at the Saddlebaum and six games at Satina First Nation. Okay. Uh, we have actually been at Satina since training camp because the uh, Canadian Country Music Awards were in Calgary, so we didn't have access to the Saddlebaum. But uh, no, we're looking forward to getting going, and it will be a busy year for the building. And uh, we, uh, like I said, we'll see how everything goes with that much uh, much action for the for the building not only the ice surface but all the events well jeff i appreciate your time uh, best of luck this year to uh, you and steve hamilton and everybody else with the hitman and uh, look forward to seeing you guys as you roll through town no problem gee anytime thanks for having me jeff chenoth is the general manager of the calgary hitman who are looking to take a step forward from their uh, non-playoff finish last year they've got some talented players on that team and should be right in the mix for the playoffs i would have to think and if not they've got some valuable pieces that uh, contending teams around the league would love to have, I'm sure. That was a funny interview. Uh, you can't tell again because of the the editing, and thank God that wasn't live. We're uh, nearing the end of that interview, and uh, Jeff's wife returned home, and uh, I don't what it is, the Bluetooth or whatever, picked up and cut off one of his answers, and uh, I had a chat with his wife. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Never had that happen. That was a first for the Pipeline Show. All right, we've got two more teams in the WHL Central Division to get to. That would be Red Deer and Medicine Hat. I believe Steve Conowalchuk will be my guest for the Red Deer Rebels. But up next, it's Willie Desjardins, the GM and head coach of the Medicine Hat Tigers. He's going to join me courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline. You're listening to the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Willock Beef Jerky. No sleep till... Bend off the wall, falling there was Longo as... Uh... He couldn't stop that rush on the right side. Goodberg walks in, hands it up in front. Matt Sogard making a nice read there and stretching out those long legs. Hey, it's Matt Sogard from the Medicine Hat Tigers, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. 
the store next door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks, a lot, a whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. I have a bad feeling about this. Back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming as we continue our tour through the WHL Central Division. And our next stop will be in Medicine Hat. Uh, but first, a reminder that uh, the program brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. Three locations in the Edmonton area, but you can have it shipped anywhere in Western Canada. Just go to wilhockbeefjerky.com. All right, my next guest is the general manager and the head coach of the Medicine Hat Tigers. That's Willie Desjardins uh, back on the Pipeline Show. Uh, coach, welcome back. How are things? Oh, they're good, Geek. Everything's been good. It's been a good summer to get away from last year and, uh, you know, start looking forward to this year. I, I imagine with the way things ended last year, you, you got to be chomping at the bit to get back uh, on the ice and, and kind of uh, return to form uh, what we're used to seeing with the Medicine Hat Tigers being a really competitive and playoff-bound team. I imagine uh, it was a long summer. It was. We had lots of time. Um you know, but I think that uh, it was good for us to get some time. Uh, you know, we talked to our players when they left last year that they had to have big Im- improvements over the summer. And I was happy to see some of the guys came back, and I think they made big steps over the summer. All right, well, before we look at this year's roster, maybe we'll just throw out some of the names that were on your team as 2001-born players who aren't back this year because they're too old for the league now. Logan Barlogi, Carter Chorney. Uh, you traded uh, Hopwell and Svekoski during the the year. Uh, but also not coming back from last year, uh, Daniel Baker, who was a uh, a long-time Medicine Hat Tiger, a career Medicine Hat Tiger, uh, as well. Anybody else from last year's roster that you ended the season with who won't be back this year? Um, yeah, not not twenty-year-olds. We we moved. Uh, we made a couple trades here. Mm-hmm. Um, the first there was moved. Um, uh, we moved our uh, yesterday, so we we moved a couple of. Uh, guys that were with us last year, Danielson. Um, so we have had some changes over last year. I know Garen Bjorklund is a uh, is eligible to come back, but he's a signed player by the Washington Capitals as a 20-year-old. Uh, is there any chance you're expecting him back? Um, I don't think so right now. I think uh, Washington will want to take a really good look at him. He's a good goaltender. Um, if we ever got him back, that would be a bonus for sure. Okay, well, let's look at uh, this year's team and, and who you have still with you. And uh, the WHL's website hasn't been updated for uh, that just yet. Uh, we can look at the camp roster, but uh, that's as up-to-date as I can get. Uh, how many goaltenders do you still have with the club right now? We only have two here. Uh, we have Lankow and McCollum, so we have two left in camp. All right, well, Beckett, Lankow are ready to take on the uh, the. A starter mantle, or is Ethan McCallum going to push him for some starts? And and if that's the case, you probably like that internal competition. I would like it. Uh, I think 
uh, for sure Beckett's uh, uh, coming in as our starter. Um, you know, he, he had he had good spurts last year at times, and, uh, you know, we just need him to, you know, kind of take another step this year. But he's always been a really competitive uh, player and goaltender. He's always found a way to rise to the challenge. So uh, we expect him to be our guy. And uh, McCollum's a young player. He's 16, so <clears throat> he's young. So we'll just see if, uh, you know, how he fits in that role. Second round pick though for McCallum, so someone you obviously liked. He's got that size that everybody's looking for this uh, these days with a goaltender listed at six three and just shy of one hundred ninety pounds. So he's a big kid. He is a big kid, and he was at the U seventeen. So you know he's uh, he, you know he's got some good things behind him in his resume. All right, uh, your defensive core this year uh, again on the website looks like you're uh, down numbers already to you know what you're going to start the season with, or how many defensemen do you still have? Uh, we're down to seven, so that's how we'll start the year. Wow. Um, provided that, uh, you know, Krabs has to come back from pro camp yet, but uh, if he's back, we'll be at seven. <clears throat> All right. Is there an identity that you can kind of uh, peg for your defensive group as a as a whole? I mean, you got some size back there, but Reed Andreessen's not the biggest guy in the world. Is he one of those smaller offensive-minded guys? Yeah, he is. He's really good with the puck, uh, great stick, um, you know, very smart. Uh, so he, he's good. You know, we have uh, Van Mulligan coming in, <clears throat> um, 17-year-old this year. Um, and then the other guys were, you know, were with us last year with uh, Krebs, uh, Parsons, Bach, Rob, and Hodas. So um, it's, a, it's, you know, it's a pretty good group. Some size as well. And I wonder if, if that's by design. Is it you like to have a big back end, Parsons, Hodas, Van Mulligan, who you just mentioned, coming in this year? They're all big guys. Yeah, they are big, and I, I don't think it matters to me. It's it's just their ability. We also have Bratton uh, as our seventh. Um, so I, I I think you know probably more than size. I'd I'd like puck movers, uh, guys that can move the puck, but they're all pretty decent at moving the puck. The list of players that you have up front is longer. They, you still got some some decisions to make there, or are you comfortable going into the camp with? Well, Jesus, it looks like it's well over 14 skaters here that you still have. <laughs> yeah, we got to get down a little bit. Uh, you know, I think that uh, we do have some really good competition up front. Like I mentioned, we <clears throat> we moved three guys that played for us last year up front, and that you know I think that shows we have some young talent coming in that's playing pretty well. Well, and you have at least according to the website here, four 20 year olds still up front as well. One of them is a, an import player uh, coming in from Finland. A 20-year-old rookie, you don't see that all that often. Uh, tell me about Oskari Kuntinen. Yeah, uh, Oskari, um, <clears throat> we drafted him a couple of years ago. Uh, he was on our list. Um, just, uh, you know, he, he's come over. Um, he's had some injuries the last couple of years, so he's never really had a chance to play full seasons. But uh, he's a big forward, got good skill down low. All right, and I know you added uh, Dallin Moline here, who played for the Red Deer Rebels the last few years as well, and Brendan Lee and Alex Strover, your other twenty-year-olds. Uh, uh, how long do you think you carry uh, uh, that many for? Do you want to uh, address that before the season starts, or uh, I guess maybe a week or two in? Yeah, you probably have to address it pretty quick. But uh, <clears throat> you know, all the guys have been really competitive, uh, which is good for us. I think competition makes you better. Um, so we've been happy with those guys and. Uh, you know, it'll be, it, it gives us a good luck up front. It certainly helps that group to have that experience up front. I know you were a fairly young team as the season went on last year, so you got a lot of guys who maybe were rookies 
uh, and playing further down the depth chart. I- I'm curious, anybody come to camp this year that, you know, lo- last time you saw them, they were two inches shorter and 15 pounds lighter, and suddenly this year they- they're looking a little bit more like a man? Um, you know, I don't think anybody's growing like that, but we certainly have guys growing in their ability. Um, you know, I think Shane Smith and uh, Andre St. Martin both have come in and had great camps. Uh, Bash has had a very good camp. Uh, Strom's had a good camp. So we've had, we've, you know, and then you've got Lidstrom and Mercy, two young guys. Um, you know, we've, we've had some guys that have come in and, and played well in exhibition. And, uh, you know, we're looking for good things for them. Probably, maybe not early in the year. It's not exciting. It might be too much to expect, but certainly by Christmas time, they should uh, be a factor. You got a couple uh, 2007s at least uh, in in on the roster here uh, as regular season approaches. I don't know if they're still with you or not, but uh, Hayden uh, Harsanyi and uh, Gavin McKenna, both of them first round picks in 2022. Um, they they can't play a ton for you here, but are, uh, do you actually start the season with them, or uh, have you sent them back already? We sent uh, Harsanyi back. Uh, McKenna, you know, he was first overall. He'll play the, in the league opener. Um, but saying that Harsani had an unbelievable camp, um, just a really good young player. We were really happy. Uh, McCann was good. Uh, Pranich was good. All our, our early picks in that draft are really good. Uh, I should ask you, uh, the finishing dead last in the CHL means you get first overall pick in the CHL import draft. And you took an impact guy in Adam Sikora, uh, who we saw at the world junior championship and, uh, at the U 18s. This is a, a player that, Got signed by the, the the New York Rangers, and I thought that meant that he would uh, eventually be sent to you. But uh, is that uh, door closed on Adam Sikora for you this year? I don't know. It remains to be seen where it's at. Uh, I think the Rangers, you know, they'll they'll figure out where they want that player to develop and how they want him to develop. Um, you know, and I think that just remains to be seen. Um, but I think for right now, they want him to start over in in Slovakia and. Uh, you know, I think that's that's where it all start. Fingers crossed. Maybe uh, at after the World Juniors this year or something like that. Then he might just stay in Canada. Well, maybe you hope that. But uh, once again, that's totally on the Rangers' call, and uh, they know what they have to do for their players, and they'll they'll make the decision that'll um, help their players the best to to play for them. Uh, Willie Desjardins is my guest. He's the general manager and the head coach of the Medicine Hat Tigers. Uh, we talked about the uh, uh, tough season for your club. Last year, I wondered, is a little adversity like that? I know during the course of the year or even in a playoff season, adversity can go a long way to, to uh, bringing a team together and things like that. Can it carry over from one season to the next? Do you think your team's better this year for having gone through last year? Oh, that's a tough question. Uh, you know, I think we're, we should be, should be certainly motivated. You know, we, we should have, should recognize where we're at and that we had a long ways to go. So, uh, I think it'll help us a little bit. Um, but, you know, you don't want to have too many years like that or it's pretty hard to get out of. Well, certainly not accustomed to seeing uh, the, the Tigers at the bottom of the standings like that. Uh, is the goal this year and is it a realistic goal, playoffs? Is it if, if you fall short of the playoffs, are you, I mean, you'll be disappointed, but is it unrealistic for us to expect the Tigers can get back into the playoffs after uh, last year? Well, I think it, the league's a good league. There's lots of good teams in there, so that's the problem. It's not just it's not just you mm-hmm. <laughs> that counts. It's all the teams around you, and there's some good teams. <clears throat> but for sure, we've got to set our sights on trying to make the playoffs. Um, you know, and I think it's a big step. Uh, but that's where we we have to focus. 
but it's, you know, every team in the league's focusing on that too. Maybe some teams higher up than that, but for sure the first step in everybody's goal is to make the playoffs. Coach, I wanted to ask you something about uh, your your career. Uh, before Medicine Hat, you coached six years in Japan, I, which I, I wasn't aware of. <laughs> what led you over there to coach uh, in Tokyo and, uh, and Sapporo uh, in the first place? I don't know. It's funny. I played there. Uh, when I quit, finished junior as a 20, I went over to Japan and played a year. Um, and so I already knew it a little bit over there. Then just before the Olympics, they were trying to improve uh, the 98 Olympics, they were trying to improve their hockey over there. So they brought some coaches over. Hmm. Uh, I went over there. Billy Moores was over there as well from Edmonton. Um, so it was, it was, it was good. Um, you know, they treated you great. It was a good spot. Um, you know, so I have lots of good memories out of Japan. Did that experience, how did that make you a better coach having gone through that where, you know, hockey, it's not the traditional sport there. I'm sure there was a lot of teaching that had to go on and, you went from the University of Calgary to there and then to the Medicine Hat. So I imagine there there had to be something that helped you become a terrific WHL coach having that experience from Japan. Um, well, I think the biggest thing is without the language, you certainly had to try to read hmm. aces and read people because you didn't have the language lots of times to, to do that. So there was a lot of there was a lot more where you, you watched how people reacted and, and that kind of showed you maybe what they were thinking. That's interesting. For for young coaches that might be listening to this that weren't ex- considering uh, unusual options or, or routes like that, would you would recommend going, I don't know, there or Korea or you know places you wouldn't necessarily think of as traditional hockey markets? I always think it's good. It's funny. I think that for players as well. Mm-hmm. Um when my son started coaching, I sent him over uh, to Sweden. Uh, I think whenever you go to a different country, every country has things you can learn from. And uh, and I think the experience is great. So I always recommend it. If you get a chance to to go someplace else and coach and learn, I think it's, it's such a great opportunity. Outstanding. Coach, I really appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck to you and the Tigers this season. We'll see you when uh, you roll through Edmonton to take on the Oil Kings. Sounds good, Gee. Have a great day. That's Willie Desjardins, the general manager, head coach of the Medicine Hat Tigers. Uh, new play-by-play guy, Gino DePauli, who was uh, formerly behind the mic of the Okotoks Oilers. He has taken over the microphone for the uh, Tigers and to help set up that interview, so uh, kudos to Gino. Is it unrealistic to think that Medicine Hat can get back into the playoffs uh, this season after uh, what was a you know an eleven win year in twenty twenty two? I think it is, but if you're a fan of the Tigers, you're hoping you just see some progression. Really, a bummer they didn't get uh, Adam Sakura, at least uh, not yet. We'll see if the New York Rangers decide to uh, send them their way or not. But you can only have two imports. They already got Bogdan's Hadas, and uh, now with uh, Oscari. Kuntinen, which is a dangerous name for a broadcaster. They can only have two euros, so we'll we'll see how it plays out over the course of this season. All right, we've got one more team to get to in the WHL Central Division previews, and that is the Red Deer Rebels, scheduled to speak with head coach Steve Konowalczyk. He'll join me courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline next. You're listening to The Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Hey, this is Ben King of the Red Deer Rebels. Puts it on goal, scores! Ben King tipped it home, and the Rebels!
Bulls win it. Four, three in overtime. And you're listening to the Pipeline Show. When the night has come and the land is dark and the moon is the only Sarah from Buford loves Wilhawk beef jerky. My husband is an expressive fan, prone to waving his arms about, which is unfortunate for those next to him. And the snacks. Do you know how hard it is to get salsa out of carpet? It was a miracle when I found Wilhawk beef jerky. No more crushed chips strewn about or toppled dips. A fistful of jerky can be waved about with little mess to clean up later. Thanks, Wilhawk. Wilhawk beef jerky. It's the best. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. And boom goes the dynamite. Final segment to go on this week's episode of The Pipeline Show as we continue our look at the WHL Central Division. And our next stop will be in Red Deer. But reminder, The Pipeline Show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. You can get it anywhere in Western Canada, wilhockbeefjerky.com. All right, we go to Red Deer, and uh, the Rebels were a really good, entertaining team last year. What do they have in store this season? Well, let's get to uh, let's get to head coach Steve Konowalczyk. Uh, Steve, welcome to the Pipeline Show. It's the first chance I've had uh, to have you on the program. So, uh, welcome to the show. How are things? Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, I'm, I'm excited to get real games going. Uh, you know, camp sometimes, it, even though it is a little bit shorter this year, camp for for certain guys seems to you know get I shouldn't say old or routine, but they've been through it a lot, and I can tell they're ready to get going on. Uh, on regular season games and, and so am I, but, uh, you know, but training camp is part of it. Good opportunity to see young guys. But like I said, uh, excited to get some real games going. The teams I've talked to this year, a lot of them said that their camp was bigger than normal just because you got two draft classes basically coming in for the first time. Same sort of thing for you guys? Yeah, well, definitely bigger than last year. I mean, last year was, uh, last year, obviously coming out of, out of the COVID, we had a small, small group of numbers this year. We had, I would say it was more normal. Okay. Again, last year was my first year coming out of COVID with Red Deer, so I'm not I'm not used to what they were they were doing in in the prior times. You know, from when I was in Seattle pre-COVID and coaching, I would say it was about the same number. We had a good good group of uh, young rookies and then a, a good group of a veteran uh, group, but uh, you know, it was, it was certainly a lot more than the COVID year. All right. Well, we want to get to this year's roster, but before we can, we got to look back at the players who aren't uh, returning from. Uh, last year's club, and it was a really strong season uh, for your group. Uh, the three overage players from last year, uh, Liam Keeler, former Edmonton Oil King, Archdeep Baines, what a story he was, undrafted and earns an NHL contract, uh, and Jackson Vandalist uh, that your team picked up midway through uh, before the trade deadline from the Calgary Hitmen. Who else from last year's team is uh, not back for you this year? I know you've made some trades here uh, in the offseason leading up to camp. Well, Again, you're looking at you got the three overages. Uh, you know, King King and Set off are both 20s this year, and we're we're preparing that we have to have young guys step up. Uh, you know, King was drafted with Anaheim and had a real strong year, played with uh, Bainsey and uh, and uh, Set off is, is at the NHL camp right now, who is a real strong 19 year old for us. So again, we're we're preparing that uh, to go with younger guys. They're a big part part of our part of our team for sure. Well, Joel Sexsmith uh, done uh, as well, and uh, I believe well you traded uh, goaltender, not you personally, but uh, Connor Unger uh, no longer with the team. Uh, he's now in uh, where did he go? Moose Jaw. 
Uh, and Chase Coward, what's the situation with Chase Coward? He looked like he was going to be your starting goaltender this year, but um, isn't with the team right now due to injury? Yeah, more more of a non-hockey-related uh, injury or genetic-type injury that he has to deal with. And, and uh, you know, it's something where he's had to look into to, to whether he wants to play hockey, and it's smart to play hockey, especially in the goaltending position. Uh, obviously, he was a big part of our team. Him and uh, him and Unger split split a lot of the duty with uh, Chase getting the playoffs. So, so you know, obviously a little bit, uh, you know, through the summer it was a little bit of a surprise when we heard that. And obviously, more importantly for him, it's, it was uh, some hard news to get and it uh, make you know he really has to do some research and decide what's best for him. And you know, for us. Uh, yeah, of course, you, you miss a good goalie, but you in junior hockey, you look to move on real quick. Things change quick in junior hockey, and, and you're looking for guys to step up. Well, that's true. And the other one big roster change uh, a trade that was made right at the end of August, uh, Kyle Masters, defenseman, uh, traded to Kamloops. You get a pretty good defenseman back, though, in Matt Slingard. Very different players, though, fair to say? Well, yeah, they, they both skate well. I mean, they're both skate. We we wanted to make sure we kept speed on the back end. They're both good skaters. You know, I think uh, you know point wise, uh, Matt's has certainly put up put up strong numbers for for a young player, and and we expect him to you know give us some offense from the back end. So so a little bit of change in that way, and we're excited to have him get a little bit of use. And you know, I think there's some real high end. Uh, you know, as an organization, we think there's some real high end offensive potential, but as well as 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 a defensive player as well. We just think. You know, he was a high high Bantam draft in our league, and I know Buffalo speaks highly of him as well. So we just think he could he could end up being a real high-end player in this league. Steve Connor-Walchuk, head coach of the Red Deer Rebels, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Final segment, uh, joining me courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline based right there in Red Deer. All right, let's go to your goaltenders. Uh, without uh, Chase Coward in camp, uh, your goaltenders right now, Kyle Kelsey and Rhett Stozer, uh, and I may have butchered that last name on, on the second goaltender, but uh, tell me about your goaltenders heading into the season. A bit of a question mark because they don't have that experience. Doesn't mean they can't do it, but they haven't had to do it just yet. Well, no, you're right. With you know, until you do it, you don't do it, right? Or right. You got to get the experience. But but you know what? We're getting uh, Kelsey out of the of the BC league, and he's played at a high level there, and so that you know that's a big step. You're not you're not he's not coming from midget hockey and. Uh, you know, he's played against guys that shoot hard, 20-year-olds, 19-year-olds, and, and he's had a strong camp and played real well last game for us when we got into penalty trouble and took a few many, too many shots that we would like to on our goal. He played real well, and, and uh, you know, I, I know he gave some confidence to our team himself and, and the coaching staff, so that was good to see. And, and Stozer, just, well, you know, a great story. Uh, you know, kind of literally right off the farm and came to camp and, and just battles, competes, and through camp, you know, he's keeping the puck out of the net, and he's earned an opportunity, and he's played solid in the exhibition games as well. So, so again, we, we feel that uh, these guys have the ability to go out and uh, get the job done and give us a chance to win every night. So Stosar came to camp as a free agent invite? Yes. Yeah, he came. Wow. And, uh, you know, we have a, we have a real good prospect, uh, uh, Wutski, was a second-round pick for us, and he's going to be a real good future in, in this league and maybe professionally. But, uh, you know, a free agent invite, uh, Stosar came in, and, and he just – Finds a way to stop pucks, and he's a big guy and real good compete and uh, earn himself a starting or well a position in one of two spots for us. Well, that's outstanding. That's a great story. All right, uh, your blue line this year. Uh, I like the look of your defensive core. I liked it last year, but I like it even more this season. And I guess the question mark with Christopher set off off at uh, where is he? Flames camp. He's a Flames camp. Yeah. Yeah. So so again, we're yeah. I mean, I mean, set off's a top defenseman in this league there's no doubt about it if you 
if you end up getting them back. But we're again we're focused on what we what we do have, and, and what, you know, and, you know, uh, Brent's done a nice job acquiring good depth and on the back end and some additions, and you know, and, and our young guys have gotten gotten a step better too with mm-hmm. the you know the Fabrizi and Mayo, you know, they're they're playing better. And, uh, you got Lindgren and Brown's been a nice addition. So certainly the depth on the back end, I think at any level, I think that's what you strive to have is depth, depth and, and, and guys that can can hold the fort down and make other teams have to work really hard to beat you. And I, I believe that's what we have on the back end. And also, you know, not not just Matt Lindgren who can get the puck to the net, uh, Mayo can get the puck to the net, uh, Brownie gets the puck to the net and, you know, even our, you know, our, our import report, he's a solid player. So, so we've got guys that can defend, but also move the puck up and get the puck to the net and help, help create offense from the back end. Now with your import, Wojtek Port and Lindgren and Brown, they're all new players to your team. Do you expect there'll be a bit of a transition for those guys to get used to playing, you know, whether they're playing with each other or playing with new teammates, or is that what training camp's for and they should be ready to go now? Well, training camp, that's certainly what it's for. I mean, every, you know, every team on the back end, you move your puck up a little bit different, a little bit different game plan. Uh, you know, Brown, Brown, he's he's a veteran, so he'll he should be able to pick it up fairly quick. But on the other hand, he's he's played a certain way in Vancouver for a lot of years. So so there's a few minor tweaks there, but he's a smart player. I don't think it'll take too long. You know, Port again, import, uh, young kid, but he seemed to have come over and adjusted fairly well. And and to what we're trying to do for him, it's just continuing to get get used to the WHL. Like you know, I was talking to him today. It's just a it's just a quicker, quicker, faster league and a smaller rink. But but certainly looks like he has a pretty bright future. Um, you know, Matt's unfortunately, well, it's good for him. He goes to the NHL camp, so he missed he missed a lot of our training camp. But okay. again, so when he gets back, we'll we'll between the little bit we worked with him, and then he's gone to camp where he would be not thinking about it too much when he gets back. We'll. We'll, you know, skip and get him back on the on our game plan. But again, uh, seemed to be a very high intelligent player that uh, that can fit right in and, and pick up what we're asking. All right. Well, three of those guys potentially with set off coming back are, are uh, overage players, and you got a couple more up front. Ben King, who's away at NHL camp right now as well, could potentially be returned to you by the Anaheim Ducks, and and Jace Isley up front. Uh, so you might have a couple of uh, tough decisions to make with your twenty year olds, but. Overall, sticking with your forward group, even without King there, that's still a pretty deep uh, deep uh, forward crop uh, for you to carry the offensive load. Yeah, and I think I think I think it's uh, it's by depth, it's by good speed. I mean, uh, obviously, Lindy Lind is always an exciting player. Six year old, he's a step older. Uh, you know, we've acquired Brendan acquired Armstrong. He sure seems to be. You know, we talk about the back end figuring out what we ask. He seems to be up front figuring out what we ask real quick and, mm-hmm. and improving and, and being a big part of what looks like our, somewhere in the mix of our top nine forwards. Uh, you know, Uches should be a good, solid two-way hockey player for us. Obviously, our captain, Gruby, he, he was skating better than ever uh, at camp before he went to camp. And, um, Isley, as you mentioned, Isley, he's just a, you know, a tenacious 20-year-old Larson tenacious 19 or 18 year old but also that skill to go with it uh, so we definitely uh again like not not talking about the Baines and king which yeah they're big point guys we certainly have guys that can all chip in and increase their point production that that should account for some of those points were there guys who were depth players for you last year that uh, you think can really take a step forward and and maybe uh, move up the depth chart for you this year well i think i mean lind lind who would be up a little bit at the end was still a 16 year old we were 
we were putting an awful lot of pressure on to, to play at top lines and at 16, that's pretty hard, but, but he should get a bigger role and, and more consistently and be ready for that. Uh, Larson, uh, you know, I haven't even mentioned Formanac who, who mm-hmm. he didn't come here until he's our other imports up front. He didn't even come here until, uh, halfway through the year. So it took him a while. His best hockey was in the playoffs. So, so, you know, we're excited to get, see him under a full year. And Brigley, Brigley doesn't get enough talk. I don't think, you know, he's a, such a responsible young player. He's 17, but has a pretty high skill level himself and a good shot. So I'm missing some guys, but there's certainly a good mix of good mix of players that, that uh, we expect to be able to help out and step up. Well, and then you got new guys coming in like Arjun Bawa is the second round pick and Ollie Josephson, uh, he's a, a first rounder in the uh, 2021 draft. And I don't know how much guys like that will play, but you, you must like the, what you've seen from them here early on in the, uh, in, in through camp and into the exhibition season. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, and Josephson, smart hockey player, real dedicated, uh, two way hockey player, good speed, uh, good, good hockey sense defensively and, and, and can, can make some plays with speed. So very excited for, for a guy at 16 will be able to play more minutes uh, than the average 16 year old. At the end of the day, it's really hard for 16 year olds to play in this league, but it looks like he'll, he's coming. He's worked hard and ready to earn a, a, a regular shift. Uh, Arjun, same thing. You know, he had a little, little bit of a, uh, little bit of a growing issue early cap, but he's certainly got really strong as cap went off, went, has been going on. And, uh, you know, the other guy I failed to mention is, uh, Carter Anderson. I know he's 17, but this guy can skate and he can score when he gets a chance. And he's, you know, scored some nice goals for us, for us through camp. So, so yeah, with our six teams and, you know, Anderson now moving up to 18, there's still, there's, there's enough depth and com- competition with our lineup that I'm excited to coach our group. You know, last year, uh, talking with Troy Gillard, uh, early broadcasts of, of, of ours, he would ask me what I thought of the Rebels. I, I described you last year, this time last year as a team I thought would be sneaky good. Might surprise some people. Well, you're not surprising anybody anymore. Third place finish last year, uh, in the conference. And I think you're probably the odds on favorite there to be uh, chasing the division title this year. Where do you set the bar for success, Steve? Well, it, it, you know what? I think you, you kind of said it right there. Last, last year, I think early on, we were able to, kind of jump on a few teams and uh and surprise teams because we were gunning for everybody and and towards the second half all of a sudden we our players our players are in respect and and the games got a little bit tighter and we we you know had to find a way to win maybe some more closer games this year i think it's going to be a little bit different like i said people are going to expect us to be a good team we're not getting right from the start we're getting everybody's best game mm-hmm. so so it, in some ways it's going to be a different challenge but uh you know what where do we set the bar it's always hard in a whole season to say wins or losses i certainly i certainly believe and i, I always try to look at this as i believe and expect to win every game you play obviously you're not going to win every game but it doesn't matter who you go in and play what if you play your best you you can expect to come out with a win and and over the season then you're going to accumulate wins but but by no means do, do we you know believe is it going to be easy games like you say all, all, all our group they're they're good solid players and, and but they also know they need to work hard together and work smart together and 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 work for the whole the entire game to to, to be able to get the wins well and it all kicks off this weekend a home and home against the edmonton oil kings uh, the last team you played uh, in the playoffs and uh, i know you're probably chomping at the bit and so are the players uh, to exact some revenge against the team that knocked you out of the playoffs uh, steve i really appreciate your time my best of luck to you and the rebels this season i love getting down to the centrum and and taking in games as much as i can uh, and looking forward to this year oh thanks Keith. appreciate it 
Hey, there's Steve Connawalchuk, head coach of the Red Deer Rebels, and I do think that is going to be a good team. Obviously, the big question mark for them, and I think the only question mark, well, maybe a couple others, but chiefly between the pipes. And that's not to say that Kyle Kelsey can't get it done or the newcomer, but hasn't been in that position. I think he's played 30 games, something like that, if that. Um, so it's, it's much like the situation last year, except they had two guys that were like that, uh, Chase Coward and Unger. But both of those guys played really well. So we can't say that the that Kelsey can't get it done. We just got to wait and see. Now, the other question mark are both with uh, with King and Setoff, and both of those guys would be huge returnees uh, to Red Deer. They've got five 20-year-olds, including those two guys right now. So if they come back, I would have to think they're moving somebody else, and that's a good problem to have. I don't know who they would be trading. I mean, they just picked up Tanner Brown and Jace Isley's in there and Blake Gustafson, the uh, the other 20-year-old. But those are good problems to have. All right, that does it for this week's edition of the Pipeline Show as we took a look at all six teams in the WHL. Thanks to all the uh, communications people for the six clubs who were asked to put those interviews together. Really appreciate that. A couple of them on, uh, took a little bit longer, but busy time of year. Uh, and I appreciate the extra effort uh, to get that done. Next week, the U.S. division is the last one, so we'll uh, endeavor to get all five either GMs or head coaches on next week. Now, season is beginning this weekend, so uh, fingers crossed. It's it's uh, you know normally this would be the final week for the uh, the previews, uh, but uh, had to take last week off as you know, uh, so everything got pushed back a week. Uh, but fingers crossed, I can get all five teams uh, represented next week. Also, have a, a pretty high profile 2023 draft spotlight uh, segment that's been lined up for pretty much a month now uh, that is uh, due next week as well so all things you know if everything goes according to plan there'll be six segments again next week six guests so a full show uh, before i let you go reminder you can hear all of the uh, interviews on a full that you get on a full episode of the show you can hear them early before a full show is released just become a patron at patreon.com slash the pipeline show all the interviews that you hear this week we're done a lot of them on Tuesday, a couple of them on Wednesday. The show comes out in full on Friday. So patrons have had access to all of these interviews for two or three days already. And if that's something that would interest you, it costs a couple of bucks a month or like 22 bucks a year. So check out patreon.com slash the pipeline show. All right, I got to go because the Oil Kings are playing the Rebels tonight and a return match on Saturday against the very same Rebels down at the Centrium. If you see me, say hello. If not, well, I appreciate you tuning in to listen to the Pipeline Show. Until next week, everybody, get out and watch some junior or college hockey so we can talk about it next week, right here on another episode of the Pipeline Show. Brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. My name's Keith Fleming. See ya.